They should have burned it off his chest. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, November 4th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 249er. This is No Agenda. Moving off the cloud and coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West, here in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. I don't know when he was ever in the cloud. Well, maybe his head's in the clouds. <laughs> Mine's not. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Greg Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> what do you mean moving from the cloud? Yeah, man. I've been I've been doing it. I've been moving away from you the cloud. You doing What cloud? Hey, you know, the cloud. Like all cloud-based services. I'm, I'm getting off. I'm done. I'm, after that drop.io fiasco, I'm done. Oh, I see what you're talking. Oh, okay. So here's what I set up, man. I did something really cool. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I said, Why don't you explain to people, new listeners, what the drop IO fiasco was? Okay. So, uh, we were, so, the, first of all, there's the concept of the cloud, which is all of this stuff that we, where we put our stuff, our valuable stuff on these uh, services, many of them free, with a freemium model. So, uh, you get like uh, some space free, and then you get some services with it, and everyone kind of leeches on it. And then, you know, some people actually start to use this stuff professionally. Like uh, Drop.io, which was a place where you could uh, create uh, basically a little uh, file storage very quickly, drag and drop stuff into your browser, and you'd have links to these things. So it's kind of hosting with uh, some uh, links that you can then post. Right. And uh, so I, of course, one of the people who supported this service and actually paid for more storage. And we're the guys that always get screwed in the end. Because, of course, these business models actually are quite unsustainable. You think about bandwidth and, you know, store. It's just not completely cheap to keep all that running. And the amount of people, I think, who take advantage of the freemium services is too small. So it just doesn't really work unless you go to advertising at huge scale like Facebook and Google. So anyway, um, Facebook bought Drop.io, which apparently was to get the, the human resources uh, from everything I read, they wanted the human resources to come and work for them. And um, and so they said, oh, that's great. We'll take the money, whatever it is, undisclosed. But then they closed down the service with like a 45-day notice. So all of those links, which are uh, created and copied and, and linked everywhere to our show notes, our art, other assets that we've published, are, are just being destroyed. And I have I have no way to track it. I mean, I created thousands of drops, you know, and just it's it's an impossible job to go and figure out, even for a couple hundred episodes of show where everything is. So uh, I decided I would never let that happen again. Of course, right? Because it would happen again. Oh, it, it, and it will, and it'll happen to Facebook one way or the other. People are going to get screwed with Facebook too. You watch; it always happens. We, this is it's just yeah. yeah. It's all it's, it's all a bunch of bull crap. I mean, I, I witnessed this in the nineties. Oh no, don't worry, we'll be around forever. We got it. It's an escrow, and you can get your data. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> your data is an escrow, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like what escrow? Escrow? <laughs> What's it? I can just see. You it. Dropped the escrow bomb. Mm. Uh, believe me, I've heard that in many a pitch on internet, interweb-based stuff. So then I, it, it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, it's very obvious. You know, the, the cloud as in a storage place is actually kind of good, you know, because it lets someone else deal with all the, uh, you know, with all the hassle of bandwidth transfer and all that. Right. But, but the things you need to own are your domain name, right? That's the number one thing. Uh, and which, of course, is also by definition a cloud-based service. But the only people who can essentially mess that up is like government. So, but, you know, 
So I, I get it, it, I guess that's all we can say about that. But the big thing for me is links. Links is definitely like the currency of the internet. And so I uh, I built a uh, a little uh, cloud URL redirector. So every link I post in public, um, at least to something that is an asset that I control, will now run through curryscloud.com. So uh, if I have this you stuff... You went out and got a, a domain name called curryscloud.com? Mm-hmm. And, then I, and, I, and I built a little uh, service, and it's just like Bitly. And I'm going to be using it instead of Bitly. It has all the same cool uh, statistics and everything I can see, you know, which is a, is a benefit. I can see how many people clicked on the link, you know, the just basic statistics on that. Um, but it should, where these files are hosted, and of course, I've set up a backup strategy so I, you know, I can easily replicate. Let's say I'm hosting stuff now at Apple. And if Apple decides, which they could do at any moment, they could say, oh, this iDisk, that's really not working for us. We'll give you uh, three months to close it down. And they've done yeah. that. They, they did that uh, with, their, with their old web-based service. Oh, it's just, you got to migrate it off. It's, we're going to close it. Yeah. So all those links get hosed. So instead of those links getting hosed, now I can just take a folder, drop it somewhere else, go into my database, just change all the, the, the base URLs, and voila, not a single link is broken. Mm. It's a service. I tell you, it's a service to our human resources. And I'd like to say in the morning to them in the chat room at noagendachat.net, and, of course, to all ships at sea. All right, so we've got our uh, executive producers here. Oh, the spreadsheet came in. So let me uh, uh, thank them uh, for producing this show, uh, beginning with uh, Scott Schoenberger out of Malibu. Oh, uh, really? Who uh, produced the show, $250 donation. Wow. And uh, two associate executive producers, Craig Lennox, um, of Hornsby Heights. Is that also California? Uh, it is New South Wales. So we have an Australian. Close enough. We have a Californian Australian. And to make it international, we have Alan Bowes of Langley, Ooh, uh, British Columbia. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you foiled me there. <laughs> Uh, it was two hundred forty dollars from Lennox and uh, and two hundred dollars from Bose, and uh, we've got a couple of comments here. Uh, apparently, uh, Lennox had a, his girlfriend was ill, and she's feeling better now. He's got a new job and, and, and a significant salary increase. He credits that to the show. Really? Well, there you and go. then uh, we'll take that credit. Oh boy, you got a my spreadsheet got hosed, dude. Uh, well, the uh, notes are, are kind of unusable. And we'll get to those probably. Uh, the other one, uh, which our Langley friend, uh, Alan Bowes, just says he's going to contribute to his knighthood. Okay, could you and give we'll, me... We'll, could, yeah. Since I don't yeah, have the spreadsheet. Eric will reformat that and send it back. Right. And then we'll read those at the, uh, at, the produ- at the producer's break. Can you just give me the, the, the names again, just so I have them here? Yeah, Scott Schoenberger, S-C-H-O-E-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. He's the executive producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Craig Lennox. Also executive? No, he's an associate executive. Craig Lennox, L-E-N-N-O-X. Mm-hmm. And Alan Bowes, A-L-L-A-N. Bose, B-O-S-E, is in the speakers company. Mm, he may even be related to the speakers. He could be. Could you, be. You never know. Okay. I didn't know there was a Langley, uh, British Columbia. No. There's a town in British Columbia called Spuzzum. 
So I'm giving a speech up there, and the guy says, you know, I said, yeah, I don't know, these Canadians don't laugh at a lot of my material. And the guy says to me, he says, uh, hey, neither do us Americans, so don't worry just about it. reference the town spasm, and you'll get a huge laugh. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I went up, I was giving this speech, he says, yeah, it's kind of like living in spasm. Huge laugh. Really? <laughs> what, yeah, I don't know why. What, yeah, what is it about so spasm? spasm. It, 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 it must be some kind of... Uh, like Canadian jism joke or something. Or something. It's so got to be something, something like that. It, I guess. I don't That's know. Funny. And then no one would explain it to me, of course. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, want to say uh, in the morning to uh, Chris. Uh, he wrote in in the morning since Adam so kindly lauded the dice. Which, by the way, I think could just... That should be a saying that should just... We should just... Hey, man, that that guy just lauded the dice. You know I like I mean? lauded the lauded dice. Lauded the dice. Yeah. <laughs> what what should it mean? It's like douche. Yeah, but we, it has to have a meaning. It actually doesn't have to have a meaning. Hey, man, no. did you see the president the other day? He really lauded the dice during that speech. And people just go like... I think it should mean kicked ass. Well, then let's not use it in that context. <laughs> well, he has yet to do that. Since Adam, way, okay, I, it's I think ass, I caught right? a new meme. Yeah? And, I, you know, we did actually have done this meme uh, unwittingly, but I don't think we've done it in the negative way that, that that's going to be used... And I, and I think people can, out there can start watching for this. Uh, and I saw it first. I, I, I would have made the clip, but I was only thinking about it this morning. And I said, oh, my God, this is a meme they're trying to work. And um, it was the Greta Van Susteren show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Newt Gingrich was on. Mm-hmm. And Susteren, I believe, is actually an Obama fan. And so she's uh, she was said something about well-meaning, and you know, isn't he a patriot? And and Newt went into this thing that was a it was obviously setting up. I think I believe this is going to be used against Obama for the next two years, which is Obama means well. He's a good guy. Oh he's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he means well. Yeah, he means well. But the problem is, he's only and, it, and he dropped every single bomb he could. He says he's only was a senator for two years before he became president. He doesn't know what he's doing. These other guys are incompetent that he's hired. He's hired just a bunch of cronies from Chicago. They don't know a thing about Washington. They don't know how it works. He's just dri- dri- driven into a ditch. He's he once he's a good man. He's a he's a patriot, but he's an idiot. <laughs> But, but he yeah. means well. He means, <laughs> he means well, well, but it's not working. All right. So, lauded the dice. Now we'll have the hashtag LTD, which, of course, is uh, very nice. So, if someone does a great job and kicks ass, they have lauded the dice. So, Chris says, since Adam so kindly lauded the dice last episode, I've had more inquiries about the NoAgendaDice.com project. The inaugural blue dice are completely sold out, but people have until November 30th. To pre-order the new red dice. There you go. The red No Agenda Dice at noagendadice.com. I got the dice the other day. They're actually kind of cool. <laughs> They're very cool. They're like high quality. I think the red ones you could, you know, if you, yeah, well, actually, the ones they use in, in Vegas are bigger. Yeah, and they're big, and they're squared with a. Uh, they're sharp. You can actually yeah, cut yeah. Yourself the, these have them. rounded edges, right? I know. Yeah, these are more the kind that people use to play backgammon or craps on the street or a, a liar's dice. This is a perfect liar's dice. What's a liar? What's liar's dice? That's where you sit. It's a bard game. It's like a poker game only it's played with dice, and you have uh, one. Of, you see these little things, a little leather. Uh, cup, and you put the five dice in there. You shake, 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 and you throw it on the on the bar. And then you, the two guys they play a game of kind of a quasi game of poker uh, with the dice results, and then they uh-huh. buy each other drinks. 
very common bar game. Hey, where uh, have, have we seen? Uh, we had heard from Sir Paul about the ten, ten, ten coins. Uh, not just after posting us on his site, we're going to have to pester him again. Yeah, I, I, I'm, this is getting a little crazy. Uh, anyway, let me. Anyway, uh, the, new, the new spreadsheet came in. It's okay. formatted better. All right. So let uh, me let me thank our executive producer for this episode, Scott Schoenberger of Malibu, California, which is great. I hope he has a, a nice. If he has a nice beach pad, that'll be very cool. I'll go visit him. Associate executive producer Craig Lennox and Alan Bose, thank you very much, the three of you. Uh, we've chosen for a very uh, challenging business model on No Agenda. Uh, people uh, always. Oh, man, we had a whole email exchange again, John and I. Someone says, you guys, you should do subscriptions. It'll work much better. And you've got 100,000 times five. You'll be rich. You'll be billionaires. I said, no. It just doesn't work, okay? It just doesn't work. We've tried these things. This is the only model that works, and we're hanging on by our fingernails. But uh, and we'll be thanking other people uh, with the different giving levels. During our, uh, our and, and before we segment. go on with the with the final thank you, uh, Bose's uh, full note came in, so I should read it a little bit of it. Go for it. He's been distributing his no agenda business cards Ooh. in Belize, Mexico, Florida, Texas, California, Oregon, and Washington states, as well as many in BC, Canada, my home. As my family is thinking of disowning me, as they see me inserting the cards into books, magazines, and electronics packaging as I shop. <laughs> Excellent. I like I that. I would be interested in knowing if my efforts have generated more listeners. If any of the listeners have seen one of the cards, please email me at noagenda at live.ca. Cool. Um, that's a Canadian.com. Uh, it's .ca. And let you know where he saw it. This is like putting stuff in. Put, shove a few in a bottle and throw it into the Pacific, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe right. it'll come back in a foot. <laughs> all right. So, again, uh, Scott Schoenberger, Craig Lennox, Alan Bose, thank, uh, thank you all very much. We really appreciate your giving level. As executive producers, it's an actual credit. We will vouch for you. That's how it works, unlike Hollywood where it's all fake. Uh, but the model is uh, similar. Everybody else out there, you need to go out and do something very important, which is propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. New World Order. All right, everybody, say it with me now. Shut up, slave. Who do you think you are? Shut up, you, know, you slave. I think I'm going to do this. Do this. I like this idea of, of just getting a bunch of business cards printed. You know, you can go to Vista Print, and they let you print cards for free. Mm-hmm. Although you have to have a little VistaPrint.com thing on there, uh, but you can get these cards printed up for free, mm-hmm. and just grab. You know, just have a bunch of different cards printed up for free and grab them. You can scratch off the Vista Print thing if you want to, and <laughs> magic and then marker. Just go to when you go to Best Buy or Safeway. <laughs> you're in the produce section. <laughs> just drop the cards all over the place. Gee, you're you're such a radical, John. That's a great idea. You're, you're such an anarchist, my friend. My card. You are such an anarchist. I am. I'm I'm completely out of control. So, um, wowie, wowie, wowie. You know what? If something very interesting happened, uh, I went out and voted uh, in our general election here in Gitmo Nation proper, and uh, which was kind of cool, by the way, because I I, uh, I filled out my absentee ballot and I figured I'd just do all the work at home, which is a lot of work, by the way, for California. This this is a huge amount of things you got to vote on, and even with the 
with the wonderful booklet, you know, there's still a, a large portion of things you're voting on that is you have no information on. Like, you know, the justices, do you want him in or not? People from districts. Like, I, I never heard of these people. I couldn't find any information. So yeah. I, I just said no to all of those. Um, and then uh, the, my polling place, according to votela.net, uh, was someone's garage right around the corner uh, on the way to Burbank, which was kind of cool. That, that felt, you know, in a way, like really patriotic. In a, you know, like, hey, it's cool. People got a flag hanging out. The garage door's open. And, the, you know, that's where you go and cast your vote. And I just dropped off my, uh, my ballot. Um, but on the other hand, it felt kind of Iraq. You know, it's like I was. Where do I dip my finger in the ink? Yeah, here? the purple do. <laughs> so you're telling me that I'm dropping this thing off with you people, and someone's actually going to count this? Yeah, you know, that didn't feel very good. And and then I wake up the next morning, and I had a really really busy day. So I I actually paid no attention to any election coverage whatsoever. And as it went along, I'm like I really got to watch TV. I really got to see what's going on. I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to at all. And I figured you might have some uh, analysis on it. Um, but the only, here's where my brain fried. So we had uh, two propositions in California. One was 19 for uh, legalization of marijuana, which uh, did not pass. Um, but then By was, a large margin, I might add. Right. But then here's the crazy thing. The uh, proposition, I think it was... Are you clipping your nails? <laughs> are you clipping your nails? No. What is that? No, clip? What is I'm that? Denying clip? it. Just what? go on. I won't. That's you won't disgu- hear any more noise That's disgusting. <laughs> it's the most. Dis- are you, and you just, I, I, I know. I, if I were you and never clip my nails, I would feel the same I, way. I bet it's your toenails too. Are you clipping your toenails during the show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Bad visual. So the same voters who said you no. brought it up. The same voters who said no to marijuana. Uh, said no to the proposition to stop uh, all laws against the climate change, to repeal the climate change laws for California, which will raise our electricity to astronomical amounts, uh, electricity bills. It's just that, that somehow that dichotomy, does it, if, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? It's You're like in California, if, my friend. Yeah, but if, if, you, if you have... I would just expect that the people who want all this lovey-dovey climate change sciences in stuff, which is what that proposition was about, so not to repeal the uh, the amazing work we're going to do at raping everybody, yet by the same large majority saying no to marijuana legalization, who are these people? It's Californians, who, who they're idiots. Who are these people? They, they must be idiots. I, 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 and, I, and my brain just went, just went on tilt. I'm like okay, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. So uh, very, very strange thing. I, you know what? I, I you're think- gonna keep putting that marijuana thing on the ballot until it gets passed. It's one of those things. You all you have to do is just pound it. I think that and this whole voting just, thing. They'll reword it so it's the, it'll be decriminalization. That'll work. I just, then- I, I think the voting is rigged. Well, it could be. That marijuana thing was way off the mark. And also, I think the Carly Fiorina thing was off the mark. Although, I have to say, I've watched the... If you, this is a little inside baseball for people outside of the state of California. But you have to imagine, I have this... You know, I have a, a, a video projector, so which which, which I, I, I got a new one that has a... <laughs> it's about a 12-foot screen. He has one of those... The, the, one, the ones with the big, the red, the green, and the blue lamp. So it has about a 12-foot screen now. Yeah. And so you have to imagine a Carly Fiorina ad. 
she says blah blah blah. Boxer hasn't done anything, and then her head appears, <laughs> blah, blah, taking blah. up half the screen. And in the case of my house, that means the head is about six feet big. She has a giant head, and she's in my living room. It's terrible. And the worst thing is, is that her mouth and what comes out of it doesn't work right. It's, it's like she's, her mouth is saying one, blah, blah, blah. Her mouth is moving in a direction that doesn't account for what's coming out of it. And so it's very creepy. I think her own campaigns with her coming on the screen and talking to the camera, which a lot of experts say is a bad idea anyway, yeah. I think it cost her the election because she creeps you out. Quite possibly. And I also think Meg Whitman lost because of her hairdo. <laughs> This is California. Yeah. We're in California, for God's sake. <laughs> These things make sense to me. Hairdos count. Hey, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm I'm down with the hair. Uh, in fact, I was at some comedy thing recently, and that's one of the big jokes. They were all going on and on about she should be on a Quaker Oats box. <laughs> I mean, it's one God. thing after another. Hey, I, I've become very famous with my hair. So, I, yeah, hair matters in America in general, but in California in particular, absolutely. So these two women were idiots. Well, anyway. So uh, any, uh, any general analysis uh, post this election you'd like to share with uh, the class? Well, I was looking at it. I was trying to get something out of it. I mean, obviously, the dem the, what everyone predicted would happen happened, which is that the uh, Republicans took back the House with a pretty good majority. Let me ask now. you a question because um, I, I didn't see this discussed. So, with the pretty good majority, can uh, Democrats? And by the way, th there's also other people in uh, in uh, on, on Capitol Hill. It's not just Republicans and Democrats. It always it always sounds like those are the only two. Yeah, there, yeah, there are three there are, independents included. Well, okay, okay, okay. So there's it's a start. Um, <laughs> can Democrats now force a um, what you call it? Yeah, um, what you call it is valid. What are you talking about? You know, uh, uh, were they, were they, uh, uh, a filibuster. Filibuster is different in the House than it is in the Senate. The Senate is where those filibusters take place. And uh, no, you can't, uh, anybody can do a filibuster now because there's not enough votes in the Senate. There's only 52, I think. And uh, right. the House has got nothing to do. The House is really a legislation machine. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the Senate has to take... You know, they have to, the House just grinds out bills constantly and it goes to the Senate. There are Senate bills, but most of them come from the House. Okay. And, uh, and they have to send them to the Senate and the Senate, you know, has to deal with them or rewrite them or do whatever they have to do before they go to the president. Right. And, um, the, the, essentially, no, it's got nothing to do with the filibuster thing. It's just the fact is that all, the, what, what the big deal is is why you want to win the House is so you can own all the committees because the right. majority party gets to have the head of every committee is now a Republican. Right. And the head of the Speaker of the House is now a Republican, so he can control the pacing. He can tell people, yeah, you can keep talking for the next two days or you can uh, shut up. Okay, all right. So they, they, it's basically a very, uh, it's a good position to be in because uh, then you can dominate. Right. But they're still all douchebags, all of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are yeah. you kidding? No, what would that change? Nothing's going to change, right. They're going to, by the way, I understand they're going to put a statue of the Aqua Buddha in the uh, <laughs> foyer. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, so you have uh, basically no analysis. Is uh, No, there's no analysis to be had. It was all pre-predicted. It came out just like they said it would. Uh, the two boneheads, I, I do have one piece of analysis, the one thing that the Republicans apparently will not talk about and the Tea Party people will not talk about 
And but and none of the I watched all the different sides of it. And nobody wants to. I mean, the 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 snidest of the commenters might discuss it a little bit, but they don't want to give credit where credit is due. And that is the two races which may have swung the the whole Senate thing toward the Republicans, which was uh, and I believe this was set, almost a setup. And in fact, I do have a clip which kind of indicates it was something of a setup. If you play the uh, O'Reilly, uh, there's a little analysis in here that will make up for it. And the clips, uh, O'Reilly and what's his name? Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. And, yeah. yeah, play this and the little, oh, little, little kicker at the end. And I started to hear some rumbling on Capitol Hill about this today among Senate uh, Republicans. A little bit of a backlash against the Tea Party. They, they, they look at what happened in Nevada. They look at what happened in Colorado. They look at what happened in Delaware and say, had we had our establishment candidates in those yeah, places, we might be taking control yeah, of the Senate. I don't believe that. I mean, Rubio did very well in Florida, Rand Paul very well in Kentucky. True. The folks are the That's folks. True. I don't buy that. And the I Tea think Party it, brought, did bring a lot of energy to the Republican Party in this election, which I think helped uh, overcome some of the negativities that the parties had. I think it was a Hispanic vote in, in Nevada. Marsha would agree with me, but, you know, I think that she hurt, Angela hurt herself with that kind of perception that she's anti-Hispanic. I agree because with that's that. That's a tough line you got to walk. I mean, I'm a person who really County. wants to crack down on, on illegal immigration, but I don't want to persecute people. You know, I don't want to demonize people. Yeah, and it really fueled her. as It, 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 helped, it helped Harry Reid's extremist argument. you got to also give him credit on pure political tactics. He, pr- he practically handpicked Sharon Angle as, as his opponent. Blah, 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 blah. He practically, you missed the... Yeah, he, yeah I heard it. He practically picked Sharon Angle. Yeah, and because there was a very strong candidate that was running and she thought she was going to win, another female, but Angle somehow using the uh, leverage of the Tea Party voters uh, got in, and so did this O'Donnell character. And nobody, the one thing nobody wants to say is that the reason that these two women lost is not because of anything other. They would have won if there were other people. They didn't have to be old-fashioned Republicans. But the... They could have been Tea Party types, but the fact of the matter is these two women were dingbats. They were both idiots. They were stupid. They were stooges. They were put in there they for were a reason. Stupid, yeah. and they were stupid, and they were told. They, Carl Rove came out and said they were stupid, and he got lambased. Oh, he said, but they're Republicans. You can't say anything bad, which I find to be abhorrent. Mm. But the point is is that they had two dingbats, and, and O'Donnell seemed like a really nice person. I mean, she'd be like somebody you wouldn't mind hanging out with, but she was stupid. And the fact is that the, Repub- no, the public is not going to vote for people that are obviously stupid <laughs> well so the the only kind of analysis i have is you know after the fact stuff so of course i you know i bounce back and forth between the cable news channels and uh, it was just really interesting to see msnbc and cnn and uh, even cnbc to a degree you know basically saying and even the president when he came out and did his little speech there you know essentially Everybody. Oh, and also uh, Bill Bill Maher. Um, everyone's saying, "Well, you know, the the voters are stupid. You've been duped. You 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 were tricked. You're stupid." It's like, wow, that's that's pretty insulting to to tell your audience they're stupid. And, yeah, and, no, I think and even the president, mistake. even the president is kind of like it's kind of what he was inferring. Like, yeah, he well, says they were sucker punched, or they. Yeah, you know, if, he, st- if he had done a better job of communicating, if he was out more, yeah. stumping more, it would have changed. He's never doing any work. That's yeah, all he does. does is go out and stump. Well, um, I, I think that you're, and you were the first one to, and for this you get a ten, John. You know the 
the whole concept of Obama now taking the fall is is kind of coming to fruition. You know, he's he's taking the blame. It's all his fault. Uh, you know, he takes responsibility, and it's, it's like it's like wow. This this is the second part of the two act play. You know, the first one was yes we can, and now hey man, I'll, I'll take the rap for that, no problem. And did I not see on? Um, CNN, uh, what's the crazy uh, uh, New Orleans guy who's married? Who's married to the Republican Mary Mary Matlin? What what's his name again? Oh, Carvel. Yeah, Carvel. He uh, or James Carvel. He he says, hey, you know, this is going to be really interesting. The 2012 presidential race. There's all kinds of people that could pop up now. All kinds of people. And, yeah, for uh, the Republicans. Yeah, well, but but you know we're no, we already know it's Hillary for the Democrats. Let me let me uh, let me play a little clip, John, of uh, who a possible presidential candidate could be. You will not believe your ears. Radio One, Scott Mills, your third festive treat on Radio One, just after six p.m. Also, Larue, Kings of Leon, and my record of the week from Willow. But before all that, on Newsbeat. Hip-hop royalty tells us he'd quite like a pop at the top job at the White House. Give me a chance. I mean, you know, maybe eight years. I'll be the president. But first, the man who actually is at the top of the White House has been having a rotten day. Our US reporter, Seema Katecha, is live in Atlanta, Georgia. That was uh, Jay-Z, who is now... Yeah, uh, I figured that out. Yeah, is now running around saying, uh, yeah, I could be president. This is another way... By the way, this is part of the overall scheme to... Uh, uh, this is an associative uh, uh, mean neuro linguistic oh, yeah, program. NLP, sure, sure. So you do a little. Uh, you, 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 this guy. Now you got to. You don't have any other possible black candidates. So you bring this guy out, and he wants to be the president, which which lumps him in with Obama. So now Obama is like knocked down two or three pegs. He's not much better than a rapper, a hip hopper. <laughs> he's a hip hopper writer, hip hopper. And so he's just like a hip hop president that we could do without. Or and he's trying his best, but what can he do? He's only a hip hop dummy. Hip hopper, man. He's, he can't do much more than <laughs> this that. This is a way to slam the guy. This is this stuff is so subtle and it's all over the place. It's just I mean, this guy's is toast. I think that's why he's I'll tell you that when he did his press conference, he was like he was like a deer in the headlight. He was oh, stammering. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was and long and, pauses that and, were just horrible. And I love all the uh, the prepared uh, and there's a word why it's called prepared uh, questions. You know, he went down his list. He knows exactly who's going to stand up, what they're going to say. AP starts off, and they were like, th- th- these people were speaking to the president like he was Jay Z. He's like, hey, you fool. How come you deny? You deny? It's yeah, like, did you oh hear the one woman says it's just that you don't get it? Yeah, you don't get it. I mean, like, whoa, no one has ever spoken to a president like that in public in my recollection before. I've never heard anything like it. Like, and, and you and know, he, he answered the yeah, question seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, instead of you like, mean, I, what, what is not he say? What do you mean I don't get it? Get her yeah, the fuck yeah, out of really. here. Security, remove Security. this bitch. I know, but she was hot too. That, that that's what was really oh, bothersome. Radio no, no, no. She was one of these kind of hot reporters and she was from i want to say nbc so uh, yeah that was like wow there is a a hip hopper who i'd vote for as our president john actually who uh professor griff from public enemy (laughs) shall i uh give you a a little sample of uh of his platform yeah, sure. So you know Public Enemy, obviously. You've heard yeah, of that. Yeah, of course, everybody yes. does. Okay, Professor Griff, uh, here he is. Uh, just have a, a little listen. 
Uh, of course, he's talking a bit about the music industry, but uh, it does pertain to you and I as well as uh, good slaves. Me to your friend, not mine, uh, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Are you talking about Barry? Yeah. What's up, Barry? <laughs> Barack Obama. This, by the way, is an outstanding interview. <laughs> you talking about Barry? <laughs> There's a lot of good <laughs> Did stuff. Did he say Barry? He said, you talking about Barry? Yeah, Barack Obama. Because, you know, the, the black people of America know. They know they know that he's fake Obama, yeah, Barack Obama. Barry, we know Barry from the hood. Is the uh, president of uh, a corporation, and he's not the president of the United States of America. Absolutely. Their logo is the All Seen Out. Now, to prove that, I always say in my lectures that if you find any watch ad in any magazine, the time is always ten ten. Why? Simply because the District of Columbia is is designed. 10 square, 10 square miles. Right, that's a little kooky, but here comes the good stuff. By 10. That's the government. Not everything else. That's what he's the president over. A corporation. What is the corporation's main uh, entity that they buy, sell, and trade? You. Are you following me? You are useless either to them. You're sheeple. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Your birth certificate is worth six dollars $6,000. $6, $6, $6, $6, $6, $6, $6, and this is what they use as collateral with Britain. And that's the only thing that they run in America. You're a human resource. You understand what I'm saying? This is why you have no right. You're a human you resource. listening to our show. You, you following me? You're a human resource. You're nothing else but a human resource. I love it. <laughs> well, he's got all the right memes. Oh, my. I, I got some more for him later on in the show. Uh, we have to follow under, up. Trump homages are difficult to understand. Well, not really. All you just have to do is follow him. Because you follow me? But uh, uh, he has more about uh, the, the the music industry mafia. I, I can't help but follow that. Have you been following any of that, of the Quades as well? I, I followed, I, I, this last week, I, re- I did do a couple of Quade searches and saw what was going on to see what was, you know, what, what the latest was. And I don't see it changing much, even though he showed up in a couple of shows. And- well, they showed up on Good Morning America in an edited piece, and they really just destroyed him, making him look like absolute nut jobs. Yeah, and, well, and that's what you do. Yeah, and not one single mention of the of the lawsuit. You know, like, well, you know, it seems like they're, uh, you know, they're just running around chasing uh, crazy agents and managers and lawyers and accountants, and um, you know, they're they're delusional apparently. <laughs> but but you know, this is ABC, Good Morning America. No one can Google and see that they actually have filed a lawsuit and the names are in there. And we've received a couple of interesting emails from. Uh, human resources out there who have actually fled the country from the music business. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, uh, one of them was one of a regular, uh, a supporter is down in, uh, Argentina, uh, living it up. And he's, um, had problems with the same people. Apparently they got in their, their claws into one of his companies and his patents. And it's, and they tried to steal his patents and he took off with him, and that was the end of it. He he feels he's fine, but he thinks the whole U.S. of A. is, like, crawling with these sorts of folks. And then, uh, well, I might as well just run through it real they quick. They call them just mafia. They're mob, mobbed they, up. It is, it is the mob. And, you know, wherever there's money, there's there's organized crime. That's like, yeah, that, well, that's we don't have to have we Definitely, don't, we don't, won't be worrying about that. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, so, so couple of interesting Michael Jackson uh, tidbits. Of course, uh, my belief is Michael Jackson was... Uh, actually, that's uh, Professor Griff also says that. That Michael Jackson was killed. <laughs> do you, you want to hear it or do you believe it? 
Yeah, no, let's hear why we, why we, why we, so we don't go back to it. Okay. Right, but you know, so it's an interesting point, simply because I tell people all the time, you don't choose them. So what he's doing here, he's, uh, he says that uh, all the guys who are successful in hip-hop have taken the oath. And uh, the oath is, uh, look, you can be successful, you're going to make lots of money, tons of chicks, all the vodka you can sell and drink, uh, but you've got to propagate anything but being a family. You've got to be gangsta. It's all got to be gangsta. You've got to be yelling around and, and causing trouble and uh, just ma- making a ruckus nuisance out of yourself. That's the oath, and you'll stay successful. And if you don't, then uh, then you get whacked. Choose you. Right. So they had the eye on Nas for a long time. Now we can't sit. He's talking about Nas. Say for sure that they approached Nas, but I'm telling you, I'm on the best of money that they did. Look at his career and some of the things that he was trying to do. The other things on a street level, trying to survive in the industry. He was battling Jay Z at the point where he flipped and signed with Jay. I'm like, wait a minute, dude! You just ate his ass alive with the ether. You understand what I'm saying? Follow but me. yet you're gonna go sign with your rival? Come on, something's up with that. Right. See, that's the Galian dialectic principle. The Galian dialectic principle, John. <laughs> Listen, no, the, the, this is actually a David Icke thing. Listen. You know, that's the three-step solution. Problem, that's reaction, great. solution. Yeah. You know, the same thing that Kanye and 50 Cent did. Made us think that they were against one another. When they started competing, who's going to sell the most records? See, they probably in cahoots with one another. To get that cheese. Get kicked up. You understand what I'm saying? So, so what do you feel about, like, so you feel like every, every artist who's in that money space... The Puff Daddies, the Jay-Z's, the 50 Cent's, the Kanye's, the M&M's, the Dr. Dre's, all these people, the Ice Cubes, are are they a part of what's, what's force-feeding us with, with all this? Yeah, but they, they want to know, and I want to look in the camera and tell them to their face, man, y'all ass is a peon. When them crackers... <laughs> when them crackers... <laughs> ...get a hold of your ass and they decide to do away with you like they did Michael Jackson, I'm warning you, I'm telling you. They killed Michael Jackson. Bada bing. Right on. Why'd they kill Michael Jackson? Believe that. When they ready to get rid of your ass, you are done. And your ass cannot come back to the hood. And slick ass, gay ass, puffy. Now, this is this is the now now it's amazing. So now he's gonna talk so not only do they kill people for their money, which I I, I believe that's you know, that's what the mob does, but now listen to what they're doing to uh, to the human resources who buy into all this. Oh, who's that book at? He's looking for some uh, source material here. Mark Perry's book. Mark Perry talked about, is there some books over there? No. But anyway, I know it. Mark Perry's book, Dancing with the Devil, How Puffy Burned the Bad Boys of Hip Hop. He talked about that. You understand what I'm saying? So when you talk about Puffy hiring these gay, French, and Italian, and European white dudes to design his clothes, we found out that they had put an implantable bowel microchip inside the label. Hello? So uh, apparently, all of uh, Puff Daddy's clothing is microchipped with uh, RFID. John, huh? Okay, well, <laughs> can we land this ship? In, yeah, uh... in, in one second. So anyway, so uh, Michael Jackson. Two things uh, of interest to note. One is that uh, Cirque du Soleil is now coming out with the Immortal World Tour. Uh, with my, featuring Michael Jackson's music and uh, lots of uh, semi-naked chicks, so uh, how convenient that is! Just uh, take his, take his, uh, all his money, all his, his work, take his act, take his act, and uh, take it on the road and make some money off of that. 
And of course, uh, you know the uh, Michael's uh, music attorney, who knew where all the skeletons were were, were buried. He uh, married to uh, Daisy Duke from uh, Dukes of Hazard. Uh, he killed himself because he was so unhappy. Um, and now, Doctor Arnie Klein, his former dermatologist, almost burned alive in his house this past week. And yeah, was, they're dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everybody who knows something is uh, kind of like all the like, people who died mysteriously after the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. All right, backslash on that. All right, we're done. Yeah, I think we made our point. Yes. That, All uh, the good it'll do. Well, the, I, I guess the only... Well, the, the point is when you see a guy like Randy Quaid, who, argue, of course, you know, he has a couple strikes against him. He's played complete nut jobs in movies. It's brilliantly, by the way. When you see that happening where he is being... Um, where someone like that is just being vilified, you know, everyone's... He's now a, a, a late-night monologue joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Randy Quaid, that kook, that nutball. That's the way it works. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's exactly the way it works. That's uh, One of the movies that should be on the No Agenda Entertainment, uh, one of our entertainment sites, should be the movie Fahrenheit 451. Oh, yeah. It's a great which, movie. Uh, which brings this uh, concept of, uh, of, you know, kind of coordinated vilification of people who uh, kind of go against, you know, Go against whatever powers yeah, out you, there, or whatever you, it is. You, that you, he's you're going labeled against. nuts. You're labeled crazy. Yeah. Which is why my strategy is so good. I just say it up front. I'm nuts. I'm a crackpot. That's I'm. That's it. This uh, you can't hurt me because I'm already. I already uh, realize what I am. Not a problem there. I did, upon your recommendation, watch Paris 1919 on the Military Channel. Ah. Wow. What a fantastic. Uh, actually, uh, Miss Mickey watched it with me. What a fantastic documentary. It's the best. I mean, that thing should win awards, but of course, nobody's heard of it. Well, what's so outstanding is... You know, why, why aren't they playing that on PBS? Yeah, I don't know. Um, although, a very, I, I'm glad I DVR'd it because it gets interrupted a lot by commercials for... Uh, the one, My favorite was, now, the Second World War Wilson. in color! <laughs> They've colorized World War II. But uh, yeah, when you when you see that man, it's it's like wow. Now at least I know why World War Two started. Yeah, that, well that's pretty. That's pretty well, we obvious. Knew that we just didn't know the details. Well, you'd be amazed how much, or actually how little, one really realizes. Uh, and of course, I have a a, a little. There's a, a slight generation gap between you and I, so my education was probably much poorer than yours. Um, and there's a lot of stuff I'm like, huh, really? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And, you know, and I love how it's interspersed with real footage and, and real pictures and yet some dramatization in there. And, uh, yeah, Wilson, what a dick. <laughs> Total dick. He, he, I mean, Glenn Beck you. is right. <laughs> well, in, in my good company. But Which is the reason that the uh, they will never show this on PBS because uh, Wilson, because I, I was raised, uh, you know, like you said, right after you know World War II, and when they when this when the schools and everything was all, you know, they before the idea came about, we should make these people stupid because you know this dumbed down these these kids because this is the group you know that went and started rioting in Berkeley and every place else right. saying this is bullcrap, so. Uh, so I was educated, but but it was a good, still liberal education. Even though I had a fifth grade teacher who was a Republican, uh, but generally speaking, it was uh, mostly Democrat uh, teachers. And they, 
I'm telling you, it was drummed into me that Woodrow Wilson was this great. And my dad was the same, you know, who was a Democrat. Same thing. Woodrow Wilson was the greatest guy ever. He's an intellectual. He's from Princeton. He was the yeah. president of Princeton and all the rest of it. And they're smart. One of the smartest presidents we've ever had and all yeah. the rest of it. What's, what's, it, was what's, like, what's amazing to me is you're watching this and you realize that the whole thing was about two. Well, actually, it was about money and was about land. You know, it's like they had a, a thousand map makers during this six-month period. And they're like, hey, I know what. Let's draw a big kind of thing here. Oh, that, that's now Iraq. Yeah, no, they were calling the shots on where the borders were, what yeah. countries owned what countries. They made up new countries. They made up whole new countries. Yeah, Iraq being a good example. Because you don't understand. It's hard for us. To, it's certainly hard for me to imagine um, that, you know, this, this German Reich really encompassed so much and then you know they said oh we're going to carve this up we're going to take this away from them and then you get the uh, the italian uh, prime minister saying you know you know we need our port we need our harbor and we need the, you know we got to have the adriatic adriatic sea and every and you know and japan says we want this piece of china and they were all just there negotiating meanwhile uh, in the back streets of paris everyone was buying weapons <laughs> it was like a big yeah, arms no, dealer a, it's conference. It's a great, great documentary. Oh, my goodness. And uh, noagendatv.com, they have a uh, slew of uh, clips about the movie. You can uh, bone up on it, but uh, it's still running, I think, on the military channel. Uh, unfortunately, still no BitTorrent available, or we'd post a link to that as well. And I think it's uh, old, sufficiently old enough that uh, it'd be okay to... Just download that. Well, they, luckily, the military channel is still showing it. In fact, the military channel had a 10-part series on World War One, from the beginning to the end, which is also quite good. And uh, the problem is that they don't show it in order. They, you'd be looking at the military channel as a program guide, and then like on Tuesday at 10, they'll have part 7, and then the next Monday they'll have part two. Well, that's kind of how they run their wars. You know, they they, like, they run their wars out of order just, too. And you just do this like start at midnight and run it until you know the ten parts are ten hours. Run it till ten in the morning or a couple of nights between three a.m. and seven a.m. or something like that. And because I have what I've been doing is DV. I only saw the, about three of them, and I've been DVRing the whole thing. And I have I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, nine or I think nine and ten and I think I'm missing eight maybe five I might be missing that too but it's just like oh brother it's like yeah. an ordeal but they've got a lot of good stuff on yeah. that channel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. military channel very and it's funny because there's another channel that's floating around which is less popular because it's actually more of a propaganda channel even though I'm sure the military channel is in some way but the the Pentagon channel right 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 we've talked about that in the past um I have to give you another 10-pointer, John. Um, you called it. You coined it. And, uh, boy, it was probably... Uh, there were two links that were most emailed this week. And this was one of them. Uh, alcohol more harmful than heroin. <laughs> I love that one. So uh, uh, We should have done this story last uh, Sunday. We forgot to. No, th I don't think this had come out on Sunday. I think this came out Sunday afternoon. Uh, you think? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was last no, week. No, no, we would have been all over this. No, you're confused, old man. You're confused. I might be. Huh? So, um, now, I I think we should do a little deconstruction on this. First, uh, maybe you should reassert for the new listeners the uh, your coinage of the term. It, it was new to me, at least, of uh, neo-prohibitionism. Yeah, neo-prohibitionism. There's been a movement afoot uh, to uh, reestablish um, prohibition 
uh, laws in the United States. And the way you do that is by demonizing drink as much as you can. Now, why, uh, why would by, people want to uh, prohibit the uh, intake of alcohol? Why, why would that be? Well, you have to go back to the original prohibition movement, and you and it always turns out to be well because people, some people, you know, they they well the rationale is whether you get in a car and you drive and you kill somebody, but there just seems to be it's a, it seems to be underlying the whole thing seems to be a control issue. It's harder to control. That's why the entire Muslim world doesn't drink. It's harder to control people when they're uh, when they're hammered. <laughs> When they're ha- well, you don't even have to be hammered. A lot of people one drink and they can see that see that something's bogus. In yeah. fact, I have a clip called which has got to be. They must have had memos come into them off for running this. It's a very obscure story that ran uh, on a couple of news stations. And then it was buried, but uh, it's very interesting and I think it says something about the about drinking uh, subtly. Uh, read, play the clip. Drink up. All right, Jen and Brian. Bottoms up. Yes, bottoms up. You know why? Because a new British study claims smarter people drink more. Well, I could have told you that. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) Researchers found that children who were classified as intelligent when they were young grew up to be adults who drank alcohol more frequently and in greater quantities than less intelligent people. Basically, smarter kids end up drinking more. So why? Why are we putting this on here? Their verdict is out on that one. Researchers add that... information. Yeah. Drinking... More will certainly not make you any more, more smarter than you already are. Holy crap, John. Great find. What, what, what study was this? That uh, I couldn't find this study. That this is been phenomenal. So, and the other thing wow. is, is that you notice the black guy who's, the, you know, who's the, this is one of those shows that's like a morning clone show done somewhere. Yeah, everybody. That I found on some very. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Hey, did you know the drinking makes you smarter? In the hey, how you doing? Totally. It's 35 and degrees so this outside. black guy says, who's the, you know, the stooge. He must do he the says, weather. Why are we airing this? He says right in the middle of it. Like we shouldn't be telling telling anybody this about is bad. this. Fact. Don't say this. Don't, don't, don't talk forbid. about fact. So he was obviously he's already sold out. This guy. So <clears throat> one thing, even though we, he doesn't know it, the one thing we'd like to explain to our uh, human resources who follow this program is how if you want to get in the news, and any good PR company will tell you this, any good one, and I've I've heard it said to me verbatim. Uh, in fact, uh, when uh, when we were trying to get podcasting off the ground, we'd hire. And for short periods of time, believe me, we'd hire a PR company, some really good ones. And like, uh, you know, what are the good ones? Like Slate PR. You know, guys like this. Like, you know, not Hill and Knowlton, who does the High Speed Rail Association. They'll say the best way to get something into the news is to come up with a study, some form of survey that has astounding results, and then make a press release out of that. And if you can attach some kind of le- uh, legitimacy to it, like a professor or a university, and of course you can essentially, you can poll and extrapolate results any way you want to, as long as the headline reads properly, that is what gets picked up by news organizations. That's how it works. So then you get this Professor David Nutt, which is, I mean, if that's not a hint right there, uh, (laughs) then I don't know what is. Sure, it's with double T. From the... um, Independent Scientific Committee on Drugs, who created this uh, survey. And the the survey says, as it ranked 20 drugs on 16 measures of harm to its users and to society as a whole, 
Heroin, crack, and crystal meth were deemed the worst for individuals, with alcohol, heroin, and crack cocaine the worst for society, and alcohol worst overall. So, um, for a, yeah, worst. Wait a minute. Let's get, let's get this straight. Very, very what's on simple. This list. Yeah. Let, let, let me give you that uh, that summary. Alcohol again. is worse than heroin. It's worse than crack. Yes. Yeah. It's it uh, for yes. <laughs> alcohol wins. It wins as being the worst. Now, what I always do, and of course, this is always difficult, is I then go search for the actual study. You know, because usually they had like 700 people, you know, it's like, all right, this is, this is not like some huge study like they've, like they've had people working for for 20 years on coming up with this. So um, you've got to look into the Independent Scientific Committee on Drugs, which is at drugscience.org.uk. And uh, very interesting if you, by the way, they must be a completely legitimate organization because they have a donate button. Yeah. Donate. But David Nutt uh, was, uh, I believe, the drug czar in the Gitmo Nation East, and he got thrown out. He was thrown out of government because he was propagating some formulae, and he had uh, ties to the pharmaceutical industry. So he had huge conflict of interest. And then he, uh, here, I actually, I have the... Uh, I have the article here. This uh, when was he thrown out? He was thrown out. Uh, this is from uh, January 2010. Um, so now we're going back almost to the beginning of the year. The scientist sacked by British government for allegedly criticizing government drugs policy today made good on his promise to set up his own committee to investigate and publicize the science of recreational drugs. Quote. We will provide the truth about drugs unfettered by any political interference, said David Nutt of Imperial College London and the former head of the government's advisory committee on the misuse of drugs until he was asked to leave last October by home office minister. So this guy basically set himself up a year ago telegraphing to the world like, hey, I'm here, I'm open, all you got to do is, hey, who's bidding the most? Oh, the neo-prohibitionists, come on in. What kind of study do you want, bitches? I'll make it for you. This guy is corrupt. <laughs> totally corrupt. You, you think? <laughs> yeah, but you know, no one does any work on this. And, you know, it's just, I mean, my gosh, I must have received 50 different links to this story. Yeah, everybody sent it in. And no one, actually only, uh, we did have one, uh, one producer who did a lot of work on uh, finding all these different articles. Um. And, uh, you know, well, you know, I don't want to condemn people for not getting into it in any details because it's so preposterous. Oh, I'm not condemning anybody, but it just just no, look, I know. But you should. But I'm saying it's so preposterous. I don't think anybody would bother to look up the face. It's just the guy isn't, you know, his na- name says it all. Yeah, but it's taken for fact now. That's the problem. Now everyone's like, oh, yeah, alcohol's the worst for me. What? It's there. I don't think it's been taken for fact. Yes, I think of course it's been it taken. It's been no. Yeah, we're laughing it off, but most people, regular human resources, they're like, "Yeah, that's right, man. Oh, alcohol it kills more than you know, man. That's right. Yeah, the science is in, brother. What you talking about? The guys also must be into psychedelics because he's got psilocybin at the very bottom of the list and LSD at the very bottom of the list. Yeah, and those are the best. And no, mu- mushrooms is all the way down. Yeah, that's psilocybin. That's, isn't that just shrooms? What do you mean, psilocybin? 
That's what psilocybin is. And butane. Hey, man, have you been have you been I don't snorting, know what the butane is. Have you been is? snorting like butane? <laughs> butane? I, I saw that on there, too, and I went, butane? Stop Ooh, sniffing Somebody take the, a cigarette lighter and inhale it. Stop sniffing the butane, butane. man. Well, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. Harm to others is uh, is kind of funny. Cannabis has, has quite a, a large percentage of harm to others. And what are you doing when you're on cannabis? You're not running around Making shooting. People eat the jelly sandwiches. I don't know. <laughs> you're not running around shooting people. You're not shooting any. You're making people watch cartoons. <laughs> hey, hey man. man, turn off the cartoons. I'm sick of them. Oh, I never saw this Tom and Jerry before. Oh, you're dating yourself. It would be The Simpsons, my friend. Whatever. Oh, speaking of The Simpsons. I should really we're almost at the second half of the show so maybe I can I can lay this lay this on you. Um in circles I often frequent there is a, a significant and there's a video actually which <laughs> a video of the Simpsons. You know how a lot of these uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of so-called evidence in uh, movies and TV shows about uh, you know that they were telegraphing 9/11 and, and other false flag events. Apparently, November 6, 2010, uh, there will be some form of a nuclear false flag explosion. And the Simpsons have predicted this. It's in the Simpsons episode. Which is <laughs> November 6th. Yeah, November. And the, Let the me get the pad out. The president, coincidentally, will be uh, abroad. He will be. Of course. And you he's know what, all, that's no coincidence. He's always abroad. But you know what? You know, this is kind of interesting, this trip he's taking. So it's, it's being... Uh, Hailed as uh, the longest trip ever, you know, is, and, and of course, some people are saying he's getting out on time. Uh, so he's going to uh, Mumbai. He's also going to go yeah. to Indonesia, but he's going to Mumbai and he's actually staying in the hotel where the Mumbai attacks took place. Yeah, well, what's the point? I mean, everyone say, well, we don't want to see a Mumbai attack, uh, you know, in the USA. So, okay, well, let me just go to Mumbai. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, this whole trip. Well, uh, What's he's, the point of this trip? Oh, I'll tell you what the point of the trip is. He is taking with him 215 CEOs, and he will be speaking at uh, a conference there. Yeah, it's a, basically, he's, he got a gig, is what it is. He will be speaking at the, gig. the... the He got a speaking gig. Yeah, it's the Business Summit in Mumbai, which is sponsored by USIBC. Which I think is a, a financial institution, is it not? USIBC. Yeah, USIBC. Well, either that or economic. Uh, it's the, it's the, no, I'm sorry. It's the U.S. India Business Council. Uh, so it's a... Uh, that sounds like a front for something. Oh, yeah, of course. You can find... USIBC, uh, you can find it at USIBC.com. Not .gov, but .com. Um, so this is kind of interesting, though. And he's not going to stop by Pakistan at all, you know. And 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 there's all kinds of uh, political. Well, you know, you know, it might be. Remember the situation where he was dropping, stopping off here and there on the side. You yeah. Had oh yeah. Like yeah. Flights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember we did that. It's possible that could be going on this time. He may be actually. This whole trip might be about him going to Pakistan. Um. No, I think he's just got a speaking gig. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's going to do anything more important. 
It's, but but it's actually costing us quite a bit of money, according to some Well, reports. the rumor is it's $200 million a day, which makes absolutely no, no sense. Because no. there's no way no. you can spend that kind of money daily but on, I, a, on a trip. But I will say, if you, ha- if you uh, rent out, for security purposes, of course, the entire Mumbai... Uh, which hotel is it? What's the name of that hotel? The Taj. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be pretty costly. It's not going to be $200 million, but it's, that's going to cost a lot of money. Might be a couple mil. It's more than a suite at the Ritz Carlton, okay? No, the presidential suites by themselves cost twenty grand a night in any any upscale hotel. Yeah, but so. that's not the same as two hundred no, million. No, I know. I, know. I mean, that's that's just maybe he needs a two hundred million because that's the daily bribe. <laughs> I just, uh, I just have to say, I, I think it's. Uh, Interesting that he's going to India, staying in Mumbai, and speaking at this business conference. Did, did you see the, the you're talking about the Simpsons? Uh, did, there was one episode where somebody I forgot one of the characters. It wasn't one of the regular characters, but some guest character comes in at the very end. They're closing the curtain. The guy says, "He says, bye everybody, bye everybody." Nine Eleven was an inside job. <laughs> no, no, I didn't see that. It's pretty funny. No, I didn't see that. Um, I don't know. We'll have to de- de- deconstruct what happened with this meeting in India when it after it's over. Well, there is some some uh, some interesting news right nearby, and this is this really I didn't see any news about this at all. There was a joint military action between the United States of Gitmo and Russia, and this I find interesting. Uh, along with the Afghan military, they carried out a joint raid and raided. Four heroin labs uh, right on the border there of Afghanistan and Pakistan, which is huge. Okay, well, let me, can I ask a couple of questions since you liked following this part of the story? Yes. One, uh, we know we're going to stick with our theory that the CIA brings most of the heroin and a lot of it's going to Russia. But it, but is it possible that there was stuff going to Russia is not really CIA heroin and somebody else they need to stop because they're competition, and so the Russians yes, and the U.S. No, I, got... I, I think you're... I, bingo. I think you've got a great point there, because why else would the military from from Russia and the United States... Pretty unprecedented cooperation there. Well, I mean, you cooperated in World War II. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard this recently. Like, hey, we just, you know, we teamed up with the Ruskies. We went in there and we, we grabbed uh, four heroin labs. So I think you're, you're onto something there by saying, wait, this, if the CIA runs it, these guys, because, yeah, Russia, uh, according to some reports, uh, uses 21% of the world's heroin supply. Maybe they were tired of buying it from the CIA. Said, hey, you know, we can go get that shit ourselves. Because, you know, the, the heroin is, is great for the mob and organized crime. You know, they can do a lot with yeah, it. Yeah, and apparently on the uh, dangerous drug list, it's, yeah, yeah, it. yeah, it's not all that bad. But they a metric ton of heroin. So, of course, uh, Russia could use this to uh, pay off uh, the mob. Or maybe the Russians are, you know, pulling a uh, CIA deal, KGB or whoever that new agency is. Well, here, here's, maybe. here's crackpot Eric from Portland's theory. He says, how about this? Try this on for size. 
Russia could use this heroin to pay off and influence the Russian mob to secure cooperation from con- the construction industry in completing the 2014 Olympic Village and to solidify the shadow integration of the Russian mob under Putin's control. By helping Putin solidify his control over Russian's shadowy economy, the U.S. more closely allies itself with Russia, which of course is key in any future conflicts with China or Iran. I like that theory. Yeah, well, especially with Iran. The uh, other thing going on in Russia, of course, is that guy who they threw in jail some time ago who ran the oil industry. Oh, yeah. And they set him, they set him up. He's starting to make an awful lot of noise. Yeah, he's got to be careful. They're going to kill him. Yeah, it could happen. Two to the head. Meanwhile, the since we're on this topic, this is kind of similar. And then we can go to our, our break, which is replay this. This Did you know about this? This talking about, you know, the Americans and the Russians working together. Whoever expected this one, the f- French and the Brits? <laughs> Play the clip. This is France, Bastille Day, a celebration of its armed forces. This is Britain, its streets lined for soldiers returning from the front line. Two nations with great military traditions. Now the sons and daughters of Napoleon and Nelson are on the verge of forging a military partnership unlike anything they've tried before. Tomorrow, the British and French governments will sign new defence and security cooperation treaties, which will be laid before Parliament in the usual way. This is, uh, this is about the European army. This is about no. Both. This is I don't think so. I think it might be about starting. No, the no. This Army, is the no? French, the Brits ganging up on to on go everybody else together in case the Germans attack. This is so when funny. the Germans want the European army. This is their defense. This is so interesting because in the Paris nineteen nineteen movie at the very beginning, I forget the exact line. Maybe it was uh, it was Clemenceau or one of those guys. He says, "Oh, the, the, we, oh no, it was Wilson." He says, "The old somebody said the old ways is you make these alliances, yes, and then you go fight other alliances. Then you go fight other alliances." And right. Wilson said, "No, you need the League of Nations. You don't need any of that because that's the way it used to be done. We don't do it that way anymore. <laughs> we shouldn't be." And then we went in and we all uh, fought Germany and Russia and Japan. And, <laughs> right, and we exactly. did exactly the same thing. So it's happening all over again. Cool follows the same principle partnership yes giving away sovereignty no <laughs> partnership yes giving away sovereignty no and no one even asked you about that thanks for bringing it up So what's being looked at? Aircraft carriers. Both countries in the future will have just one. The French defense minister said that the carriers could be used for joint operations. Then there are plans for a rapid reaction force. Both nations fighting alongside each other, perhaps with British forces under French command. Against who? (laughs) Wait a minute, some French dude is saying something important. And both countries see potential for savings in sharing nuclear testing facilities. And ministers have also spoken of refueling each other's planes. In the past... (laughs) refueling each other's planes hey Frenchie I need some fuel <laughs> oh sacre bleu would you like some stinky cheese with that I come on down us British and French troops have fought side by side but there is of course another history I'm standing in front of Napoleon's tomb the heroes of France have sometimes been the enemies of Britain so there is some unease about forging such a close military partnership but there is also an understanding there is little alternative it's quite clear it tells us that we are in decline 
it's obvious. I mean, uh, and it's not just now. It's been going. It's a long process that's been going on for almost the end of the Cold War. David, I, I I agree with you, John. I think this is actually this is like a huge middle finger to uh, Gitmo Nation uh, Deutschland. Well, and the EU, and that's why the, the the interesting line in there, and you you caught it, which was on on a volunteered comment. We're not giving up our sovereignty. Well, if you're in the EU, you are. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, well, they gave up, the, everyone gave up their sovereignty with the signing of the Lisbon Treaty. It's just they didn't realize it and they weren't allowed to vote on it, except for Ireland, and they kept going back at the leprechaun. So the French and the Brits, at least at some level, got a clue and said, well, you yeah, know, they're, we they're preparing for what uh, may be inevitable. The inevitable civil war. I was, you know, I was talking with Mickey about this last night. We're sitting outside, and, you know, she says, uh, you know, because uh, she gets tired of me from time to time. She I says, uh, you know, you, you see things, and it's all a scam, and it's all a setup, and, you know, uh, and it, it'll never change. I said, ho, 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 ho. I said, of course it's going to change, but we have to have some actual bloodshed. And history is filled with, with examples of this, that things do change. But Especially, remember again in that Paris 1919 documentary, that, that house that was just advising... Uh, not the house on on Fox, obviously, but that this guy House uh, was the advisor to Woodrow <laughs> yeah, Wilson. Yeah, and he got kicked out. Well, he did eventually because he started doing some he stuff was on doing the side. His own but deals, he, yeah. he said Wilson. He told Wilson he shouldn't even go to Europe. He yeah. says these people don't know anything about this, about shooting each other. I th- you know, but, but you would agree with me that history has shown us that uh, eventually uh, war war is what changes European things. history. Yes, absolutely, and yeah. you would bring that up because you have a European background. Yeah, it's always the way to fix things. <laughs> Shoot <laughs> and, someone, and, and and nothing will change in the, in Gitmo Nation here until. Uh, well, I think probably it, we have to have uh, like eighty percent unemployment. Of course, on television, they'll say, like, 12. Um, and when everyone, Actually, most of the good documentation on unemployment shows it to be around 22% real. Right now, yeah. That's real, 22% unemployment. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it'll have to go above 50, but then on television, it'll be 12. Uh, actually, when it gets to above 35, people start getting really irked. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's not... It's not it's, I was thinking about this. You know, when I was growing up in the 70s, you know, you would see all the time, you'd see the the angry the angry brits with sticks and clubs roaming the streets you know all pissed off and who knows what they were pissed off at but they were pissed off and then you'd see uh, the the squatters in uh, in amsterdam throwing smoke bombs at the swat teams and you know people were up in arms and there were there was revolution and and now all those people who were doing that they're in government <laughs> <laughs> they're the idiots running the show yeah well it's sad it's really about running the show yeah uh, yeah Let's give some kudos to some people who help us run this show. How's that for a segue? Yeah, love, let me give you a little uh, in the morning. In the morning. Good job there, John. By the way, those no, so, those no agenda shots at noagendashots.com, those are so great. People should be, uh, go to noagendashots.com and link to these, uh, their YouTube videos, but they're little segments of our show, like three-minute segments. Oh, and, right, right, no agenda shots, yeah. And sometimes they even, you know, they even have, like, uh, pictures that change if we do a sound clip. And uh, I think Marcus Couch has done a, a video montage opening where you see, like, all these uh, hypodermic needles flying at you for no agenda shots. It's cool, man. This is, this is the way to propagate the formula. But it does not pay our bills. 
know how's, that how's some that, of these people help us pay how's our that bills. for a segue you're trying to top me. <laughs> yeah. No, Brown John, win, I don't want Brown to top win you. Bell out of Sydney, New uh, South Wales, Australia. Uh, uh, I would like to remain anonymous. Thank you very much, John. Oh, shit. You know, I should start reading from the left-hand side. <sighs> so anyway, uh, this is my for, uh, formula for good karma. 2K plus ND squared equals karma. K equals 33333. ND equals 55.10. Two nickels on the dime. That's a donation of 121.76. Two times K for two job applications I've just submitted. And one XND for a dedouching. Okay, let's do the dedouching first. You've been dedouched. Uh, this, by the way, is a uh, female listener from Gitmo Down Under. We, You know, it's like... We finally have one, and you're going to go and... Hey, uh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Eric, this is the second week in a row that column B is empty. Karma. What? Eric's supposed to put in the, the, the anonymous stuff in column B and take the name off. Great. Well, well done, everybody. Let me give her some karma. You've got karma. Brett Farrell, Mason, Ohio, $100, one-time donation. Uh, he's got a $5 monthly subscription, was catching up, uh, which is a shame that people have to catch up. Adam is right. I do all of my reading. Oh, brother. Let in me the go quiet of my morning constitutional, everyone knows to leave me alone when I'm in the office. More toilet talk. Yes, right. <laughs> hey, John, you can complain. <laughs> about, about my toilet talk, but do you see that $100 right there, my friend? That is a direct result of, of the length of time I spend pooping. I think it's a lot of crap. Ooh. ooh. Anthony. Mm. There you go. You're getting a little better at that. Anthony Kuzmich. Okay, help me out with this one. K U Z M I C I C H, which is Kuzmich. Kuzmikich. Kuzmikich. Melbourne, Melbourne, sorry. Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia, $100. Aaron Newberry, Aurora, Colorado, $100. Great show. Listen all the time from Colorado, the new home of the CIA. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And he wants to call out his brother-in-law's Curtin Dave as douchebags. Douchebag. Done. That's for you, Curtin Dave. Done. Jordan uh, D- Demos or Demos or Demos. Could be any of the three. Groton. Groton. Connecticut, 7620. Here's the 7620 for the sailor on the SSN 762. Hey, a ship at sea. In the morning to all ships at sea, I realized that my $33 subscription was dropped due to my getting a new card recently. I decided to go with a bigger donation so I could get a mention on the show. My 3333 subscription will resume next month. See, this, man. Is, this is PayPal. They screw it up all the time. And then they just Groton, they just Connecticut. He's yep. in Groton. That's where there's a shipyard there, I think. Yeah. Matthew Stroh, Holly Springs, North Carolina, $66.60. The devil Jimmy Wales <laughs> told me to. Not quite getting that joke. Oh, I see the 666. Six. Yeah, yeah, 666. Six, six. Right. Kevin Matz, uh, Victoria, British. We, you know, I had Kevin, or I'm sorry, I had uh, Jimmy Wales on my uh, uh on on the and the uh, on your party at your party at your uh, at yeah, your bar no, mitzvah. One of the TV uh, shows I did. Uh, uh, I have stories. Silicon anyway, Kevin Spain? Matz, uh, Victoria, British Columbia, sixty five oh two, which is the he says he's been listening for two months. and just wanted to say thanks for all the hard work we do. Uh, he's been a big fan of me, uh, and uh, says he got a PC Magazine subscription when he was two. Apparently, <laughs> keep up the good work. 
But uh, 6502, I might mention, is the name of one of the early processor chips. That's right. That's uh, that's code right there. The original Apple II, as a matter of fact. Excellent. Micah DeBrock, Grove, Spring Grove, Illinois, 5848. Uh, it says PayPal balance. We forgot to remind people, if you got a PayPal balance, you're not using the account, just send it to us and close the account. Otherwise, PayPal is going to end up somehow getting that money. <laughs> you, you will lose it one way or the other. You will lose yeah. it. <laughs> Mike DeBrock, oh, that Thank was you, him. Mike. Terrence you, J. Randall, Garden City, New York, 55 double nickels or double nickels on double nickels. I never believed in conspiracies <laughs> until I started listening to No Agenda. All right, we did our job. Yay. The damn things are everywhere. Also, <laughs> I have to call out my brother, Ryan Randall. He's a cheapskate and needs to send you guys a couple of saw bucks now and then. Douchebag. Exactly. <laughs> Double nickels on the dime Thanks. from Ryan Templeton, who's in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, and let me just shove this spreadsheet down the thing here. Um, Heather Aronson, another female. Oh, hey. That's this is good. This is good. San Francisco, uh, California, double nickels on the dime. Go Giants, by the way. I went to that big event. Absolutely love you guys. Donating again because, uh, one, the first time I donated, I got karma in the way of a job mm-hmm. and didn't even need one. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> That's massive he- karma. Heather's living high. And now I have two. <laughs> or maybe she didn't have any and didn't need one. The 1021 show was brilliant. Well, uh, I've had that Sarah Palin interaction in 2008. It's not cool to view her as a human. What? Well, I think I think this is where I said, you know, look, she's an intelligent, uh, beautiful woman, and uh, she's, you know, it's it's amazing. It's 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 like anti-feminist. It's like crazy what's going on. Oh yeah. Whether well, you want to vote for her or not, but the eye rolling thing—that's what 1021 was. So so you know what? We appeal to women with that, and rightfully so, because it's been bothering me for a long time. Yeah, no, they, there's, yeah, I agree. I don't want the her TV, as my president either, but that's not the point. The TV show Chuck frequently uses nothing to see here, and four, I'm, really, and four, I'm totally irritated that I can never find stuff you've talked about in the show notes. What? No, that's not I. true. I.e. a TSA opt-out script. Well, we don't have the script. Uh, we, well, I, you must have I, promised. No, I said I was, I was looking for the manual. Uh, and someone was going to send it to me, but they were afraid oh, okay. to we'll lose get, their we'll, job. Eventually, we'll have something. Let me just uh, play that jingle that Chuck apparently has stolen from us. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. There you go. That's it. And she says we're great. She loves the two of us. And she uh, hopes to get hmm. send me some karma so I can get laid. Does she, she say put that in there? <laughs> well, hold on a second. <laughs> You've got karma. I think you should come on over to California. Hey, Heather, you Maybe love us so much. Put her phone number I'm in the we pull the train on that. Luck. <laughs> yeah, really. Hyperware Technologies, Los Gatos, California. She's in California. She's in San Francisco. Hyperware Technologies, Los Gatos, California. Double nickels on the dime. I'm a new listener and really enjoy the show and the model. Here is uh, the first of many to come. Uh, good morning. He could use some karma himself. Uh, okay. Hold on. You've got karma. Yep. Uh, Vili Maloney from uh, Helsinki, $52. Steve Bottoms in Reno, uh, 5150 Anxious to hear our opinions on the election. We did those. Greg uh, Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin, $50. We have Travis Wynn, in, who's still on his knighthood uh, thing. He's, he's getting there. Yep. Nelson Mullins, uh, Wycliffe, or Wycliffe. Ohio, uh, 
All shows pale in comparison to No Agenda. Hell yeah. Thank you for your effort. It is appreciated. Please mention No Agenda Words. That's our No yeah, Agenda. NoAgendaWords.com. Which is good. Words matter. Uh, P, yeah. P Sneaks. Or snakes. Snakes. Yeah. Snakes in Amsterdam, $50. Yeah. And Ed, uh, Edward uh, Conan from, uh, how do you pronounce that in Fenrai. Fenrai. Oh, I'm talking about his name. Oh, I thought you meant the, the place. Kunin. Okay. Eduard Kunin. When you mention my name on the show, just call me Ed. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he needs dedouching. Yeah, he needs a witness protection program now. <laughs> we suck, John. Hey, Eric, come on, man. You know, I, I, I know it was a, a rough night, but... Raleigh Hawk. We can't be doing this. We can't, we, you know, I protect our sources when they send me information, but this is really bad. I mean, people, you know, I know... Raleigh Hawk. Okay, okay. Oh, geez. And we suck. This sucks, man. This sucks. And it's your end of the oh, stick. He, he just doesn't want to... Protect. What's the difference between call him Ed or Edward? Give me a break. You're, you're Just call me Ed. You're responsible for the money and the... And and the Raleigh administration, Hawk. and I want yeah, you to take charge of it. Okay, okay, you're oh. complaining too much. <laughs> Raleigh Hawk, Anna, Illinois, fifty dollars. Thanks for the show. I had the idea of bringing in more money. You could send a level for weekly donations and do a bonus show every week. No. For, yeah. yeah, we have enough trouble doing these two shows. Um, but you know, we're gonna do it. We, we I have an idea. I have an idea. Wait, well, let me get the last guy down, yeah, and we can talk one. about it. Last Patrick one. Sullivan. Sturgeon County, Alberta, which means they must have fish. Yeah, salmon. No, sturgeon. Oh, that's caviar. Caviar comes from sturgeon, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I had an idea, John. As uh, So here's what, you know, I, I'm really busy with this big app show. And uh, so I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to hire someone to do all the editing. But that'll basically free up 95% of my life that it goes into. It's a lot of work, you know, particularly because I'm now on Android and uh, the iPhone. It's a lot of work, you know, shooting, editing, the whole thing. So I'm taking the risk by hiring someone. That'll be my own personal risk, not for the show. Um, and what I'd like to do as, uh, you know, Mickey has given up the, uh, the gym. She has lovingly given up the gym for me to make my new Crackpot Command Center. What What's that? Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if she gets fat, it's it's uh, your fault, John. She's not going to get fat. Yeah. She's she's got too much self esteem. You have too much self esteem. You'll never get fat. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, anyway, so the the gym. Let's just say the gym is not overused here. So we're going to throw all the equipment out, and that's going to become the Crackpot Command Center. It'll be studio only. So not office, but studio only. And I'm thinking of doing DNA. Not, wait, 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 wait. You're not going to keep, like, one machine or something? No, no, yeah, we'll move the machine out, yes. Well, the treadmill's going to go somewhere else so we can still use it. Um, but I'm thinking DNA, daily no agenda. And uh, every morning, like weekdays, at 9 o'clock, I'll hop on for an hour. But I'll do a little different format. You know, I'll do some no agenda shots. I'll play some music. Uh, you know, maybe that'll be the, finally the place where I interview somebody. And I think that, you know, as that evolves, you may become interested. You may want to join in. But I think that our uh, that the continuity of the 9 a.m. Uh, Gitmo Nation broadcast may actually bring in more listeners. Uh, it'll be more kind of like the stuff that we've been talking about or stuff we're going to talk about. So not, you know, I, obviously I can't do a no agenda without you. But just to kind of keep it going and keep people interested and bring some... Something in that people can tune into, you know what I'm saying? 
You follow it? Sounds like the Daily Source Code to me. No, the Daily Source Code is just music. It's just music. But this, this is only going to be half music. You no, love music. You know, of course. It's very important. And there's a lot of great music out there that, that has some interesting messages. You like the idea? I mean, I think we could bring in some more, some more listeners. Well, you know, I think it's worth trying. Yeah, I just see. don't want it to cheapen the real show. And here's my real concern. I do have a concern. Hmm? I'm a, I have a concern that you'll bring something up on the Daily Show that you will think that you've talked about on the, on the real show. That risk is, of course, there. Yeah, I agree. And it will flat, it'll screw up the uh, the show because I'll say, no, no, we didn't talk about this. Oh, yeah, no, I remember talking about it. Or, or you, yeah, you well, talked so, out so about so it. I, you know, I'm already sick of this so, story because so, you talked about right, it on Monday. So, right. So first of all, um, the between the two of us, the person who re- kind of gets a little confused with what we've talked about when would be you. But no. it's, it's a valid oh, it's a val- that you just that you're projecting. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. I, I'll just say it's an experiment. I'd like and to it, try it. By the it. way, if it's true what you said just now, that if it is me, then you're just going to make me so confused. I, I'll be flat. I just won't be any good. You'll be useless. <laughs> useless. Well, then the then the, I don't remember talking well, the obvi- about that. the obvious alter- the obvious alternative yeah. is for you to join in and we do it together. You know, like an hour. I'm not talking three hours. I'm talking like an hour. Yeah, I think I'll come on once in a while. All right, let, let, shall we just call it an experiment? Let's. The main thing is it has to bring in more revenue because I'm dying over here. How are you doing up in in northern uh, Gitmo Nation West? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not doing too well. And uh, you know, anyway. Well, people, by the way, can go to dvorak.org/na. Mm-hmm. We had a week show once and i absolutely convinced that it's because we never mentioned this dvorak.org slash na to look at the donation page also uh noagendashow.com which you should go to anyway noagendashow.com uh, which has a donation thing you can click on and also Devor- channel dvorak.com slash na it's very important and uh, we'll see how it goes you know uh, uh, I-, I think it would be best if i got you involved uh, and I th- and I I think that if I just start doing it, then you'll just get pissed off. You'll be like, "What the? Pfft, I have to be a part of this." And if you jump in, then maybe our human resources will support us to a different level. We'll get some more of the choir since we're still at a ninety nine percent dB ratio. Only one percent of the listeners is donating to the show, but man, do we love that one percent? Particularly the people who are on the five dollar a month and also donate additional funds. At, at uh, higher giving levels. And Highly by the way, do check your PayPal account once in a while because they do pull these things routinely. So um, I, this is a clip I have to play in its entirety once, and then I can pull uh, little snippets from it to use throughout the show. Hello, I'm George Takei, and over the years I've spoken out on civil rights issues from the Japanese-American internment to Proposition 8 in California. Did you know, by the way, that George Sakai, who was a Sulu from Star Trek, that he was in an internment camp in World War II? Did no. You know? Yeah, his family was thrown into a Japanese internment camp. And he was a kid? Yeah. <laughs> How about that, huh? huh? Yeah, exactly. California. The recent suicides of LGBT youths across the country from anti-gay bullying compels me to speak out again, in particular against Clint McCann's, a school board member in Arkansas, who publicly encouraged gay kids to kill themselves. Mr. McCann's has since resigned and claims he regrets saying things like, I enjoy the fact that they often give each other AIDS and die. Mr. McCann's, you are a douchebag. (laughs) 
Sounds like <laughs> I just want to pull that. You are a douchebag. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah this, he has an even better one coming up. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> douchebag. No person, let alone an elected school official, whatever their personal or religious beliefs, should ever wish death upon another human being. You apologize for your poor choice in words, but you are always going to be a total douchebag. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I love him. He is so. Fu- <laughs> did you not see this? No, I didn't even know this was floating around. Oh, he's very. Yeah, he did his video, and um, so anyway, I won't play the whole thing, but there's a little funny clip coming up. He, he says exactly what, of course, is probably true and what always happens. I only suspect that you have some, shall I say, issues to work out. So I've gone and bought this countdown clock. I predict that sometime soon, you will find yourself in the headlines again. This time, caught with a rent boy from some South American country. He's probably right. Yeah, well, of course. People, have we not seen this time and time again? Uh, yes, politicians against uh, gay marriage, you know, are smoking tubes in in the in the dark. Well, you know, as part of the, uh, I have kind of a, a kind of a, I can segue to another topic which kind of does the same thing. Mm-hmm. There was a, in terms of the fact you what, you're protesting too much. Why are you even telling me this kind of thing? Yeah. Meaning that, so the WikiLeaks thing happened, right? And most of it was targeted at the British. So did you realize that for the first time in 101 years, the head of MI6 came out and made a comment? I did not, I did not know this. Uh, and MI6 is the, MI5 is the FBI, MI6 is the CIA, correct? Yeah. What, is it, what does the MI stand for, actually? I have no idea. Ministry of they Intelligence? Call, they, call themselves, they call themselves the SIS now. Right. Was that what James Bond was a part of, MI6? Yeah, okay. he was sent in my six, but SIS is Secret Intelligence Services, and he, this whole speech he gave a speech to the editors in England. This guy's name is a John Sawers, S A W E R S, and he was a formerly a, uh, a confidant of Blair, and he was also the UN ambassador. And if you look at his background, it's like oh, this guy was always apparently in the in the business. Because it was just, you know, kind of sketchy. And he came out with and he gave about a 40-minute talk. Most of it about, uh, a lot of it was weird. And I didn't record much of it. I just recorded this one clip. But the uh, he also talked about how important it was to be secret. And we're very, we're honest about the secrecy that we keep. And we <laughs> yeah. have to share secrets with other agencies. And they have to be careful because no one's going to trust us if we ever let one of these secrets get out. And on and on and on. But this is the one, this little clip here is the one that says to me, whoa, why is he saying this at all? And it's the first time in 101 years the head of MI6 has spoken publicly. Yeah. Here we go. I also welcome the Prime Minister's initiative to set up the Gibson inquiry into the detainee issue. If there are more lessons to be learned, we want to learn them. And after 9-11, the terrorist threat was immediate and paramount. We are accused by some people, not of committing torture ourselves, but of being too close to it in our efforts to keep Britain safe. Let me say this. SIS is a service that reflects our country. Integrity is the first of the service's values. And I am confident 
that in their efforts to keep Britain safe, all SAS staff acted with the utmost integrity and with a close eye on basic decency and moral principles. So, back to that reader's letter in the Times. Okay. So, your assessment. I think he's protesting too much. Do protest you know, too much. It has to do with the much. WikiLeaks thing, I'm sure. Yeah. So, in other words, he's protesting too much, meaning he's guilty they, they, of it. They engaged in torture. Yeah. Oh, pfft. No yeah, doubt. I know. I mean, no how doubt. dumb do they yeah, think duh. the public is? Yeah, duh. Duh. How hard is that? <laughs> but I just wanted to run this clip. The guy's kind of dull, so I didn't play, take too many clips from him. But but I just thought it was interesting that the head of MI6 has made a public, you know, came out and starts talking. Hmm. Very unusual. Um, little biodiversity? Ah. Yes. Your favorite topic. Biodiversity, everybody, is the new meme. So um, first, a little background here. Uh, the United Nations, uh, of course, had the Nagoya Summit. And uh, they have apparently struck a deal to save the natural world. So uh, I just want you to understand, uh, this is so exactly like uh, climate change, but it's something you can be for. You can be for biodiversity instead of against global warming. So this is kind of an interesting little switch. So, uh, quoting here, the last-minute deal at the United Nations Convention on Biodiversité sets out 20 goals to be implemented in the next 10 years to help tackle the mass extinction, mass extinction, John, of species around the world, including that poisonous frog everyone keeps showing a picture of. You know what? Fuck that frog. <laughs> this frog will kill you with one, with one spit. You know, this is one frog we don't need. He looks pretty, though, with a red head. But we need the- more meerkats. Right. Uh, so, here's the deal. Uh, increasing the area of, quote, protected land in the world from 12.5% to 17%, and the area of protected oceans from 1% to 10% by 2020. Now, there's a couple of ways you can read this, but does that not mean, like, grabbing land? Yeah, and it, and it's not as if the United States government, as a matter of fact, hasn't been grabbing land like there's no tomorrow for the last 50 years. Yeah. I mean, all the four. I mean, we've been grabbing. The federal government owns most of this country outright. And then uh, another interesting report: a lot of these uh, biodiversity campaigners uh, turns out. Uh, and actually, I'm not against this. Uh, a lot of them are for nuclear power, which I think is fine. You know, I think that's it's gotten such an incredibly bad rap. Uh, and uh, a lot of that has changed. Uh, nuclear is not quite as nasty as it used to be. But they also pretty much universally support genetically modified food. Uh, because yeah. you know, well, we, can't, uh, we can't go on. Yeah, we, how, uh, wait, wait. Let, let me, hold on a second. Stop the presses. Mm-hmm. How do you support biodiversity on the one hand mm-hmm. and then go for genetically modified foods, which is anything but because there's a very targeted. You target all the genes you want and you make a, you make a uniculture seed bank that you then you when you plant it's just basically all exactly the same planted genetically in every which way how does that how do these two thoughts work together how does one become the other i mean can you explain that to me well it all depends who's paying your rent i think that's how it works oh let me see uh, oh check from oh monsanto yeah okay yeah yeah a genetically modified good so there's two organizations i'd like to highlight uh, during today's broadcast uh, one is Europa Bio, 
which is the European Association for Bio Industries. And uh, they just had a summit, the uh, 2010 EFIB, uh, European Association for Bio Industries, and uh, the Secretary General. It's not, it's not good enough to say the CEO or the President. You have to be a Secretary General because that sounds, you know, like you're a leader. Is this, uh, and by the way, she's a total MILF, Natalie Mull. And uh, just a short 40-second clip of, uh, of her, and just listen to how she's hammering this home. The common agricultural policy that's being revised at the moment needs to look also at the possibility of farmers to look to produce bio-based products, raw materials for the bio-based economy. If we're serious about the bio-based economy and we want to produce more and more bio-based products, we need to have the raw materials and we should produce them in Europe and not import them. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is we have to have a better coherence of policies from agricultural production to research and innovation and to market pull. We need to have those lead market initiatives implemented. We need to have more communication and education to uh, consumers, but also to industry about the advantages of a sustainable bio-based economy. So that's the meme there, John, the bio-based economy. The hell is that supposed to mean? I think it means growing genetically modified crap. I think that's what it means. Well, I had trouble figuring out what it meant. Where's she from? Where's that accent from? Luxembourg? She, uh, I believe she's actually... I can tell you. Hold on a second. Because I looked it up and I was actually kind of surprised myself. Um, let me see. Uh, you can find this at europabio.org. Europabio.org. Uh, the Europa Bio team. Natalie Mull. Uh, hmm, I thought I had a... Uh, I thought I had a... a Type her name a in with the word wiki. She probably has a page. Uh, well, could you do that? Uh, well, I'll do it. Natalie no, I don't have her spelling. Mall, yeah, it's M O L L. Natalie Mall Wiki. Uh, Natalie Mall. Natalie Mall. Uh, here we go. Uh, there's no. She she doesn't exist. She, she doesn't have a wiki. Holy she macro, she she's a loser. <laughs> what a do. But but what she is, John. <laughs> That's one mother I'd like to. (laughs) She's very hot looking. Um, Okay, but now the kicker. Please go to conservation.org because we, I think we might have a poster child for biodiversity. Looks like we got one. Who was front row and center? At the Biodiversité Summit. Well, let me guess. I, I, I'm just guessing. I did not see this, but I would have to say George Clooney. No, but it's a close second. Wait, wait, Bono. No, no, no. He's he's, he's Bill Gates. No, he's more in the Clooney. He's more in the Clooney. Uh, he's on the Clooney side of the equation. Think more Clooney. Yeah. Okay, I give up. Oh man, Harrison Ford. Wow, I would have never guessed him. He's gotten into the game. Oh, yeah. Check him out, man. So um, here he is. Uh, a, you know, the problem with he, he just doesn't seem like a bright person. Well, you know, he, he makes... Clooney seems sharp, you know. He seems like he's part of some scheme. <laughs> yeah, but Harrison Ford, I mean, he's... Look at the movies he's done. He always plays an agent. Come on. Yeah, that's true. He plays a sharp operator. <laughs> yeah, he plays a very sharp operator. And that's all you need. I've got some good quotes from him here. We have to... Uh, this is this is from the Biodiversité Conference in uh, 
uh, what was it? Where was it? Uh, Nagoya. We have to uh, create a, a, a kind of undeniable uh, groundswell. This is I, you got to listen. I got to play that. Roll this back. Listen to what he's saying. An undeniable groundswell. Undeniable. 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 The science is oh. in. Interesting. That's science. very good. Here it comes. We have to uh, create a, a, a kind of undeniable uh, groundswell of uh, of public opinion. Uh, a kind of movement level uh, um, uh, effect, something like uh, like the civil rights movement or the. <laughs> Are you with me? You following me? You following me? The women's rights movement uh, to advocate uh, for the kind of work that needs to be done to protect the environment. Okay, so we need a groundswell. We cannot keep fighting this battle. Okay. These guys have just got too much ammunition. I mean, they just keep coming at you with there's, stuff. There's more. Oh, but wait, John, there's more. This is the unbelievable. There, there's more. Oh, he's a great poster child. The United States is here as, a, as an observer. The United States uh, is here as a, as a source of funding. Um, but- a s- really? Huh. Never heard of such a thing. A source of funding for biodiversity? Huh. Uh, whose money is that? Let me think. Mine? Did you get to vote on that, John? On the on funding for something? I was looking at the propositions, looking for the biodiversity thing. Did, excuse me. No, you have to. But pronounce, no, I didn't find it. Please pronounce it properly. Yeah, go. You said biodiversity. That's. No, I said biodiversity. Oh, okay. I, I was pretty sure I heard you say it the other way around. Okay, uh, let's uh, continue here. We're not uh, a voting delegate. And, and we need uh, to take that responsibility, uh, to have that opportunity, um, and to show uh, uh, leadership. So does this sound familiar to you at all? Does this sound like a script that you've heard before? Do you have a copy of the script? Well, no, I don't have a copy of it. But it definitely it, sounds like something I've heard like, before. Yeah, right? like, like the global warming thing. Like the global warming. We're not, we're not a member. Responsibility. We've got to be the ones in front of it. We've got to be the leaders. We've got to give them money. All right. All right, here's more. I've come here to encourage um, uh, leadership of, of this convention. All of the 192 countries are represented here. And So, uh, so how do... That's, that's bullshit. I've come here to encourage... What are you? Like King Harrison? I've come here. To, I've come here to speaketh to the delegateth. They must have. Yeah, who's listened. he kidding? It's like an actor. <laughs> You're an actor, dude. It's like I've come here because when I come, people listen to me. I am King Harrison. I've come here to encourage um, uh, leadership of, of this convention. All of the 192. I'm taking meetings with all of the 192 leaders. Countries are represented here. And uh, my ambition is is that they, our ambition at CI for them, is that they take bold actions, take big, firm steps in the direction of preserving biodiversity. Biodiversity. Say it properly. So he's got a couple commercials out there. Because, uh, oh yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's going. Here's one where um, he's sitting in a salon. This is a highly... You can find it in the show notes, noagendashow.com and uh, cross-posted other places. Uh, He's sitting in a beauty salon, and he's getting his chest waxed. And it's a metaphor for burning down the Amazon rainforest. When rainforests get slashed and burned, 
It releases tons of carbon into the air we breathe. It changes our climate. It hurts. Every bit of rainforest that gets ripped out over there. Really hurts us over here. Ah, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, the great, Har- second, the great Harrison minute. Ford comparing his wait, chest wait, hair. Wait, 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 <laughs> he's wait. Com- he's got a mixed metaphor going on. He <laughs> says they burned down the forces. Then he says ripped out. I mean, was it one or the other? The ripped out obviously doesn't create tons of carbon. They should have burned it off his chest. If they had ripped it out, it wouldn't have released any uh, carbon. Exactly. They should have had a blowtorch and just burned his hair. It would have stunk up the salon. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think you got a real good point there. Hey, he needs to blowtorch it off. Good point, yeah. John. Who's yeah. he kidding with this bull crap? Yeah, weenie, pussy. What, you afraid of blowtorches now? Anyway, the, uh, the place to go learn about uh, all this is conservation.org. And he's on the homepage with videos, and it's a huge, huge organization, I'm sure. I, have, I, I just found it just before the show started. Yeah. Uh, they have an annual report and financials. Let me just, oh, let me just, while we're here, let me look at the financials. Hey, fiscal year audited financial statements. Okay. Hey, that's better than the Clinton Foundation. They still haven't released their audited financials. Let's see how much money they have, John. Hold on a second. Nothing. Wow. They got like three hundred thousand dollars. Oh gotta, yeah, check it in a check it in a year from now. We shall. It's uh, we'll keep total it liabilities three hundred and forty five thousand seven hundred ninety seven dollars. That is uh, that is the total budget of the Conservation Internet International Foundation and affiliates. Well, that's what he said early on. He said we need money. Yep. We want U.S. government money, so we have to have an undeniable movement. Oh, let's do it again. The science is in. Science. Don't be a denier. And uh, just a quick check of ClintonFoundation.org 2009. Still no audited financials or IRS 990 form. Uh, no, we are now. Got, somebody wrote a note into us saying it's November 15th is the deadline. Which I thought was October I thought it was 15th. October 15th. I was pretty no, they sure said it was October. For 990s, is, you know, they okay. offset it, I guess. Okay, then uh, we shall wait. Well, but anyway, you know, he's got a week to do it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I just thought it was very interesting to see uh, the new poster child for biodiversity. Uh, that would be uh, Harrison Ford, uh, who plays uh, a, usually plays a CIA agent. <laughs> and uh, he's taken meetings. <laughs> I just want you to know. He is taking meetings he just is the wrong guy but okay fine let him just give him something to do hey you needed me to queue up uh, the jingle uh we need that or oh, well no we, we can do without it but you but i know somebody out there that they, they sent us a story about apparently there's an outbreak Uh-oh. of uh swine flu in northern ireland oh let me do it And uh, this guy, one of our producers, he says, you know, I just, uh, this is a great story because I love that jingle. <laughs> there you go. He just loves the jingle. He just loves the jingle. The only reason we want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that's cool. the way the show's headed. Excellent. So, uh, anyway, let's try something. Let's go in a different direction. How about the, uh, the you know, Celebrix is one of our favorite uh, advertisers. They, they're doing the 130s. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's. I, they don't actually advertise on this show, but we love them because 
they have it's an advertisement we like to ridicule and yeah. because it's one of those great ad companies that makes a product that you probably shouldn't use and it will kill you or you will kill yourself you or, or you will kill yourself while uh, t- while on it this is a this is a Celebrix is the one for arthritis and it's just, it's but they they've changed the style they first they've created a scenario of some guy who can't move and then he's moving a lot and they how can you keep moving it's about moving and uh, it's, it's a shot completely different than any of the commercials I've seen, these other drug commercials. Uh, you know, of course, there's always the kid and the dog and the whole thing. And the kid and the guy with his family, he, can, he couldn't move, but now he can move. And uh, he's taking a chance, though, with the Celebrex. They mentioned that, you know, but just, at least he can move. And they say the, the music's a little different. It's a, I think this is the, the new direction they're taking. It's still got all the horrible stuff. But the guy's voice, the, the voiceover guy's got a, a slightly different style. And it's like you can't even hear him tell you the bad things. Let's give it a shot. It's simple physics. A body at rest tends to stay at rest. While a body... Hey, uh... Wow, that sounds like shit. What the heck shit. was that? I know it sounds like shit. In motion. Hold on a second. That's really poopy. Maybe I can fix this. Hold on. This is uh, this is not good. Well, that's okay. We can run it no, next no, no, show. No, 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 no. Say in motion. Say active. Wow. We had a here, we here, we, no, here we go. It's simple physics. A body at rest tends to stay at rest, while a body in motion tends to stay in motion. Staying active can actually ease arthritis symptoms, but if you have arthritis, staying active can be difficult. Prescription Celebrex can help relieve arthritis pain so your body can stay in motion. Because just one 200 milligram Celebrex a day can provide 24-hour relief for many with arthritis pain and inflammation. Plus, in clinical studies, Celebrex is proven to improve daily physical function so moving is easier and celebrex is not a narcotic when it comes to relieving your arthritis pain you and your doctor need to balance the benefits with the risks all prescription NSAIDs, including celebrex may increase the chance of heart attack or stroke which can lead to death this chance increases if you have heart disease or risk factors such as high blood pressure or when NSAIDs are taken for long periods NSAIDs, including celebrex increase the chance of serious skin or allergic reactions or stomach and intestine problems such as bleeding and ulcers which can occur without warning and may cause death. Patients also taking aspirin and the elderly are at increased risk for stomach bleeding and ulcers. Do not take Celebrex if you've had an asthma attack, hives, or other allergies to aspirin, NSAIDs, or sulfonamides. Get help right away if you have swelling of the face or throat or trouble breathing. Tell your doctor about your medical history and find an arthritis treatment that works for you. Ask your doctor about Celebrex and go to Celebrex.com to learn more about how you can move toward relief. Celebrex for a body in motion. You may have sudden bleeding and you may die from it. Yeah, wow. that, that one really got me. Wow. You can die from a number of things, three things at least. But I like the, the, I like the fact that he says you should balance the risks with the benefits. Yeah. The like, risk you know, I'll, take the pain, I'll take the pain over dying, please. And then uh, <laughs> he, he said one of the reasons that you can die is by using this. He doesn't say it. He calls them NSAIDs, which is a, the type of drug. He says if you use too much of them, which means you'd be on the prescription for like a month or two, that'll kill you. I mean, the whole thing is just like, why, you know, it's, it sounds to me that you want morphine or, you know, it would be better. It's healthier. Yeah, give me some heroin. Yeah, it's not even as bad as alcohol. And, and it makes you trippy. They, so, they, so they say. <laughs> we, so they say. I did run into another commercial. We might as well play if we're going to stay on this theme. Sure. This was done on the O'Reilly show. And it's like the stupidest thing. And by the way, I'm asking the question to anybody out there. Has the law been changed about defacing American money? Are you not allowed to deface it? 
You can't sit around. No, you can't deface it. I mean, otherwise, every Ben Franklin would have a mustache on it. Well, wait a minute. I mean, wait a minute. You're not allowed to draw on a on a dollar bill. No, it's defacing American money. It's against the law. Really? Yeah. Huh? Unless the law's been changed. Because if you listen to this commercial, they've done just that to the two dollar bill, and they're selling you copies. You'd play the two dollar bill commercial. It's just. By the way, this was on. This is the kind of advertisers they have on the O'Reilly. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to acquire the very first two dollar bills honoring America's national parks. Yellowstone, the world's first national park, graces this historic, privately enhanced two dollar bill and is now available to the American public. This exquisite detailed $2 bill features Old Faithful Geyser practically gushing off the note and Thomas Jefferson's striking portrait brilliantly framed in gold. The official seals from the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury attest to each bill's legal tender status and on the reverse depicts the signing of the Declaration of Independence. $2 bills are among the rarest U.S. currencies and these crisp, uncirculated $2 bills are now being released through this special offer from the New England Mint. Each genuine $2 bill comes complete with four or breathtaking photos and certificate of authenticity. The issue price of this historic release has been set at $30. But if you act now through this special introductory offer, it can be yours for the incredible price of just $10 plus processing and handling. And if you call right now, you'll also receive this beautiful Grand Canyon $2 bill as a free bonus. <laughs> this is great. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. The no agenda $2 bill. No, screw that. The no agenda $1 bill, and we'll have John Holmes gushing on it like nobody else's business. Well, this is apparently... So the guy goes, there's a couple of things here that are interesting. Sell it for 100 This is What a great business model. Yeah, but it's, it's illegal. I'm telling you. Who cares? You. Two bucks and, the, and just people are Privately giving Privately enhanced, yeah. which means somebody scribbled on it. Yeah. Privately We're enhanced. Gonna do, we can do the same thing. Get your no agenda $1 bill now, privately enhanced at the no agenda mint, with a p- depiction of John Holmes gushing like nobody else's well, business. The reason that you want, uh, it doesn't have to be profane. The reason that you want the uh, $2 bill, I might add, as opposed to the $1 bill, is because the $2 bill has more real estate on it that you can print on. Uh, well, I'm just talking way, with a not, Sharpie, anybody man. Out, I'm talking anybody about the Sharpie. Out there, I, what? I'm talking about just drawing stuff with a Sharpie. <laughs> I'm not talking about actually printing anything. Just you know, We just get a stack of dollar bills. It's easy. People will the pay way, us I 50 mention, for that. Yeah, well, I think you should begin. So I think the uh, people should note that the $2 bill is not the rarest. It, nobody ha- uses them. I mean, I have a couple of them. But if you can go to your bank. Yeah. They're actually kind of fun to hand out at the farmer's market. Yeah, you can you can because, pay with them, yeah. Because people always looking like you're. By the way, and people have been arrested for passing two dollar bills because the cops are too stupid to know that they were legal. This man's trying to pass counterfeit money. There's a guy. Some guy's arrested in Ohio for passing a two for, for using a two dollar bill. But anyway, you can go to the bank and ask for a. a, a you cost you two hundred bucks. You get a, a Federal Reserve, all brand new. You can get this with any money you want. Two dollar bills, and you get a pack of them, and then you use them two hundred dollars worth of them. Wait, but you, uh, you, you, know, can, you just, can you can get a hundred two hundred dollar a hundred two dollar bills for two hundred bucks. Yeah. So let's okay, John. This is a great idea. I love this idea. And and okay, instead of John Holmes, we'll just say uh, with crackpot and buzzkill practically gushing off the bill. Can I just I just want to say that I just want to say it's, that. Okay, 
I want somebody out there to get me the, how these guys can do this legally. Because Who cares? If we get sued, we just point to them. So those guys are doing it. The mint of- No, I want to know in advance. Okay, so- and then we just get a bunch of Sharpies. And then we just sign them and draw little stick figures that's on it. That's why they. That's why it's illegal because that's what people do, and they would get. You know, they, tra- they track these guys down. It was a pretty hefty fine, more than the money we'd make on the deal. You can't be scribbling on money. I've had money where somebody rubber stamps it with some I bullshit. Think, okay, on there. I'm looking at the chat room, and it says. The actual law is with intent to render such bank bill, draft note, or other evidence of debt unfit to be reissued. So it's not unfit to be reissued. You can reissue it. It, it just if this, I mean, people write notes on on money all the time, little phone numbers and uh, stuff like that. So intent to render it unfit to be reissued. I think that's okay. It can be reissued even if it has you know little stick figures on it. Nothing wrong. I'm with talking that. to somebody from the treasury before we do anything. Okay. Or recommend anything. But then if- we we can't get people to take and print some stickers up and put them on the toll plaza. Yeah, but- that's going to be more effective than passing around a bunch of money. When I get money that's got some crap written on it for somebody's rubber stamp, I get irked about it. Who's this idiot? If you're not spe- <laughs> okay. I thought it was a really good. I thought you were you had a whole pitch here, but you're no, actually I think, kind of no. I was it. headed toward the pitch, but then I but I said and I prefaced the entire piece with this. I want to know what the what the real legality of it is because this seems to me this two dollar privately enhanced you know state parks uh, or national parks two dollar bill rare and valuable uh, seems illegal as far as I can tell. Okay. Well, instead of... I mean, these guys have really done it. They got crap all over this bill. Yeah, but instead of bitching about it, let's follow follow their lead. That's that's what I suggested at the beginning, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. I'm not jumping into it. Okay. I think it's great. I'm very excited about this. This is a great idea. I just want to cut the commercial where we say, with Crackpot and Buzzkill practically gushing off the bill. That's cool. That's That's lovely. I like the way that sounds. It's kind of. Funky. You can also just print a fake, you know, like a six dollar bill or something. <laughs> that and, that may be an issue. <laughs> well, there's a Clinton bill floating around. I still have a bunch of them called the sex dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. With Clinton's uh, visage. Mm-hmm. All right, go on, take it. Uh, you're, so anyway, I uh, I will have an end of show clip, John. Mm-hmm. The end of show clip is the second most emailed. Uh, article uh, just came out in the past uh, day, um, and this is uh, what happened in Gitmo Nation East. Lord James of Blackheath, who stood up uh, in uh, the House of Lords on November the first, and uh, and everyone has sent this uh, this the uh, the transcript of this around, and he says, "Hey, there's a secret foundation, a secret uh, organization that wants to essentially buy Gitmo Nation East and bail us out with all their money, which is backed oh, by yeah. gold." I know this, right? But I have the actual audio of Lord James of Blackheath saying this. So instead of just reading it, I have him saying it, and I thought that oh, would be cool. interesting to to listen to as an end of show clip. And should we tell people who's trying to buy the uh, uh, the? Well, I think the whole story is bogus. I think it's way, bogus but. as well. Um, and by the way, seventeen billion, please—that's not real money. 
Here's yeah. six hundred billion that Ben Bernanke's printing up today. That's real money. I mean, that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> I do have one more clip. If we want to play it before, oh, we're getting late. I can. I'll move this to next week. No, go ahead. What you got, man? I'm interested. Well, in I just ran into this group. A bunch. It looked like a bunch of spooks to me. They're part of the United Nations, and it sounds. You know how you? What the hell are these guys doing out here? No. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> All aboard! Trains good, planes bad. Just, I'm just tooting back at him, John. Jeez. Can I wait? Anyway, can, can, uh, wait a minute. Just, just stick with trains. There's a noise, of noise abatement can I, violation. Can, can I just, can I just what? give you a, a quick little clip from our president regarding trains that you'll yeah, love? Go. Yeah, go. Hit it. Okay, so this is from the Fortune magazine, most magnificent, wonderful women of the world, uh, where Michelle Obama was named uh, the bestest woman ever. Uh, Warren Buffett was there, and I can't believe we missed this. One of our producers sent this in to me. Um, so, real quickly, what, what, where did Buffett come in on the top list of women? <laughs> he actually, uh, I didn't pull a clip from him. He's like, I love being here because look, there's 300 women around. It's the most sexist thing he could say. It was really funny. Um, so, but of course, we know Buffett invested uh, over a billion dollars in uh, which rail line was it? Burlington Northern. Those are the guys honking as they went by. Right. Yeah, that's why they're doing it. They're saying, "Hey, suckers." So Burlington Northern, and of course, the whole reason for this so-called high-speed rail scam, what we'll be building rail tracks for, is to not to transport you, the human resources, but to transport goods all over the country and to benefit guys like Warren Buffett. So the president is at this uh, event. Listen to what he said. Now, this doesn't relieve government of its responsibility to create the conditions for businesses to succeed. That's what government does best. Those things that no individual or business will do on their own, but that create an environment where everybody can compete. So that means funding the basic research that drives new discoveries and sparks new industries. It means upgrading our infrastructure, including things like high-speed rail and Internet, so that you can get your products and services to your customers. There you go. Ah! <laughs> Somebody took him aside after that one. Dude, what are you talking hey, about? Dude, hey, dude. You went off script, hey, you bonehead. You dudes. What are you doing, man? You can't douche. be saying that, dudes. But he was kowtowing to Buffett, who was there. Like, uh, oh, yeah, that, let me think. That guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get you goods and services. All right. Now you've got a, a group of uh, economic hitmen, I presume. Yeah, but they seem to be stemming from the uh, UN, and but if but if you listen to it, it sounds like economic hitmen to me, and they've got, they they do this human kind of a human resources worldwide report, and this is a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of possible memes in here. I have no conclusion about this except that they're obviously economic hitmen of some sort. They're all a bunch of ex government guys. And what is this from? And what is this clip from? We're this about is to from to? a meeting. It would I think it what it wasn't the Council on Foreign Relations, but it was something like that, and they were having this kind of this discussion about what they do and this guy who's the head of it he introduces himself and then i do a little clip in there which is kind of seamless but then he goes in to discuss this new methodology that's being developed to tell you if you're poor or not <laughs> okay my name is fred tipson i'm is this a test we can take by the way to see if you and i are poor will we, will we qualify for this no, test? so i think it has to be done by experts oh okay <laughs> My name is Fred Tipson. I'm the director of the Washington office of UNDP, and I'd like to welcome you to our roundtable today on Iraq's development challenges. Most of you know UNDP well, but for those who don't, we are the leading development agency of the United Nations. 
have offices in over 130 countries and do work in more than 160 countries. Wow, that's great. You've never heard of us, but look at where we are. Everywhere. Yeah. Using your money. Everywhere with your money. Um, but among those assignments are development challenges in many of the most difficult parts of the world. And uh, this year, looking at 20 years of since the innovation of the Human Development Report, which as many of you know, was one of the first indices and reports based on the indices that went beyond uh, income and gross domestic product measurements for measuring human welfare and added in particular... Wow. Measuring human welfare. I like that. Yeah. That's a... That's a uh, you get the, uh, the collective human resource coefficient... And uh, that's your human welfare result. It actually gets worse. Okay. ...of longevity and literacy that embellished a wider view of what human development encompassed. What's interesting about this report, and I, I hope you can join us on November 17th at AED for that launch event. Um, what's interesting... Hmm, mark it in your calendar, John. We have to join him for that event. Thing is yeah, that there are a <laughs> number of new indices that have been proposed and added in, in that report. One, on in, one measuring inequality, one measuring gender empowerment, and one which is called the... Gender empowerment. What would that be? I don't know. Gender, I guess but there's a coefficient involved. Yes. Multidimensional poverty index developed. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a gem. What index? Which is called the multidimensional poverty index. Oh, okay. My multidimensional poverty index is pretty low right now. Developed uh, in conjunction with Oxford University, which looks at an even more multifaceted way of thinking about uh, both poverty and progress against measurements of poverty. So please, please come out for that. <coughs> Bullshit. <laughs> but you know, this is exactly what Professor Griff of Public Enemy is saying, uh, because the poverty index of the human resources of Gitmo Nation proper is six hundred thirty thousand dollars. That's what each human resource is worth. They have these calculations. I truly yeah. believe that. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. Whether they should invade or not, what happens if we kill these people? What does that mean? Yeah. yeah. And and that, and that again, well, all we really want to do is just go over there and steal their oil. And yeah. And John, Why do it, we have it, to make it so complicated? And it really comes right back to Paris 1919, where the number one thing they were trying to figure out it, it was what is a dead soldier worth? And they were actually doing calculations um, of, yep. uh, uh, of well, uh, this is what a, a human resource could have produced in their lifetime. This is the contribution right. to the GDP. This is how all governments and all leaders literally think about us. Yeah, you're a human resource. You're basically just a line item. <laughs> Unfortunately, you and I are below the line. But actually, that could be good. I don't know. I, that might be actually be good. Dvorak.org slash NA. Yeah, help us out. We really do. But line, yeah, line, the whole thing is distressing. And they, yeah, the whole that 1919 went into this thing. And that's what these guys are doing. The United Nations Development Agency, or whatever the heck they call themselves, UDP. And they got all this money. UDP, a bunch of economic hitmen going out there and making decisions, and uh, yeah, let's let, let's oil. see what it's worth. Yeah, let's see what the, you're worth. And uh, and by the way, uh, I, this is why Clooney goes to Darfur because, of course, they want to steal all the oil from Darfur. Here's how it works: the elites go, "Let's steal that oil." Okay, good idea. Oh man, we have to kill a lot of people. Yeah, I feel bad about that. Yeah, me too. Hey, let's get Clooney involved. We'll all feel good. 
<laughs> That's what it is. That, I mean, I'm convinced. Like, hey, let's get that oil. Yeah, right on. Let's get some minerals. Yeah, let's get some lithium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, we got to kill a lot of uh, human resources for that. Ah, that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. What can we do? Hey, Clooney's got to be free. Bring him in. We'll all feel good. We'll do a benefit. That's how it goes, peeps. And Clooney, we'll... <laughs> Clooney can sell it. <laughs> Clooney can sell it. Hey. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from sunny Northern California, Northern Silicon Valley, where the... Uh... There's a couple clouds in the sky, but nothing major. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on uh, Sunday right here for early morning service. I'll be in San Francisco, so it'll be fun to get the connection together. It'll all be happening here on No Agenda. I'm going to have to make a very big apology to my noble friend, uh, the noble Lord Sassoon, because I'm about to raise a subject which I shouldn't raise, which is going to be one which I think is now time to put on a higher awareness... And to explain to the House as a whole, as I don't think they have any knowledge, and I'm sorry the noble Lord Strathclyde is not with us at the moment, because this deeply concerns him also. But for the last 20 weeks, since yesterday afternoon, I have engaged in, been engaged in a very strange dialogue with the two noble lords, in the course of which I've been trying to bring to their attention the willing availability of a strange organisation which wishes to make a great deal of money available to assist the recovery of the economy in this country. For want of a better description of their name, I'll call them Foundation X. It's not their real name, but it'll do for the moment. Foundation X was introduced to me 20 weeks ago last week by a very eminent uh, city firm FSA controlled, by its chairman who came to me, and its chairman said, we have this extraordinary uh, request to assist in doing this major financial reconstruction, it's megabucks, but we need your help to assist us in understanding whether this business is legitimate. Uh, I had the biggest put down of my life, Lord Strathclyde, when I told him this story first of all, he said, why you? You're not important enough to have the answer to a question like that. And he's quite right. Um, my noble lord, I'm not important enough. But the answer to the next question was, you haven't got the experience for it. Yes, I do. I have had one of the biggest experiences in the laundry of terrorist money and of funny money that anybody's had in the city. I've handled billions of terrorist money. <laughs> not into my pocket. <laughs> uh, it was... The biggest, the biggest terrorist client I had was the IRA, and I'm pleased to say that I managed to write off more than a billion pounds of their money. Uh, I've also had extensive connections with North African terrorists, but that's of a far nastier nature, and I don't want to talk about that because that's still a security issue. Um, I would also hasten to add, it's no use getting the police in for me because I shall immediately call the Bank of England as my defence witness as they put me in to deal with these problems. So, the point is that I was, in the course of doing this very strange activity, I got a very interesting set of phone numbers and references which I could go to for help when I needed it. And so people in the city have known that if they want to check out anything that looks at all odd, they can come to me and I can press a few phone numbers and get a reference. And so they came to me and asked me whether I would get them a reference and a clearance on Foundation X. And for 20 weeks, I've been endeavouring to do so. I myself have come to the absolute conclusion that they are completely genuine and sincere, and that they are 
quite directly wishing to make the United Kingdom one of the principal points for which they will use to disseminate their extraordinary great wealth into the world at this present moment as part of an attempt to seek the economic recovery of the global economy. And so I made the phone call to my noble friend Lord Strathclyde on a Sunday afternoon, I think he was sitting on his lawn, poor man, and um, he did the quickest ball pass I've ever seen. If England can do anything like it at Twickenham on such Saturday, we have a chance against the All Blacks. And the next thing I knew, I'd got the noble Lord Sassoon on the phone instead. <laughs> and he, from the outset, took a quite right, a proper defensive attitude of total scepticism and said, this is possibly can't be right. In the course of the following weeks, I had, first of all, the noble officer soon said, go and talk to the Bank of England. So I phoned the governor of the Bank of England and said, could he please check this out for me? And he came back after about three days and said, you can get lost. I'm not touching this with a barge pole. It's far too difficult. Take it back to the Treasury. So I did. And within another day, the noble officer soon had come back and said, this is rubbish. It can't possibly be right. So I said, well, I'm going to work more on it. And then I had a meeting with the noble Lord Strathclyde, and I actually bought one of the senior executives of Foundation X to meet Lord Strathclyde. I have to say that as first dates go, it was not a great success. They, neither of them ended up by inviting the other one up for a coffee or a, uh, a drink at the end of the, end, end of the evening, and they didn't uh, exchange telephone numbers in order to be able to follow up the call. In fact, I found myself in a, in a, between a rock and a hard place, represented by both a rock and a hard place, which were totally paranoid about each other. Because the Foundation X people have got an amazing obsession with their own security. Uh, they are ex expecting only to be contacted by somebody equal to head of state status, or somebody who has a, a national an international security rating equal to the top six people in the world. And this is such a strange situation. So both uh, the noble Lord Sassoon and the noble Lord Strathclyde both came up which was with what should have been an absolute killer argument as to why this could not be true and we should forget it. Noble Lord, Strath uh, noble Lord Sassoon's argument first was that these people were offering evidence, or they claimed evidence, that they had lodged five billion pounds with British banks last year. And they gave dates, and they gave transfer dates and the details of these transfers. And as Noble Lord Sassoon said, if that was true, it would stick out like a sore thumb. You couldn't have five billion popping out of a bank account without it destroying, disrupting the balance sheet completely. But I remember that about the same time that those transfers were being made, the Noble Lord Miners was indulging in his game of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic of the British banking community. And if he had three banks at that time, which had had, say, a deficiency of one and a half billion each, then you'd pretty well have absorbed the entire five billion, and you wouldn't have the sore sum stick out on this at that time, because you'd have typed one and a half billion into each of three banks, and you'd have lost the lot, or absorbed the lot. That would be a logical explanation. I don't know. Noble Lord Strathclyde came up with a much different argument. He said, this cannot be right. This cannot be right because these people said at the meeting with him that they were still effectively on the gold standard from back in the 1920s and that their entire currency holdings throughout the world, which were very large, 
uh, were backed by bullion. And the noble Lord Strathclyde came back and said to me, he's had an analyst working on it, and this has to be stuff and nonsense. Because, he said, they had come up with a figure for the amount of bullion that would have been needed to cover their currency reserves as claimed, which would be more than the entire value of bullion that had ever been mined in the history of the world. I'm sorry, but the noble Lord Strathclyde is wrong. His analysts are wrong. Because what he had done was he had tapped into the sources which are available, and there is only one definitive source for the amount of bullion that has ever been taken from the Earth's crust. And that was a National Geographic magazine article 12 years ago. And whatever figure it was that they quoted was then quoted again by six other sites on the internet, on Google. And so everybody's quoting one original source, and there is no other confirming authority. But if you tack into the Vatican accounts of the Vatican Bank, you come up with a claim of total, total bullion. The Neville Lord is into his 15th minute. I wonder if he could draw his, his marks to a conclusion. The total value of the Vatican Bank reserves would claim to be more than the entire value of gold ever mined in the history of the world. Now, my point on all of this is that we have not proven any of this. Foundation X are saying at this present moment that they are prepared to put up the entire five billion pounds for the funding and creation of the three uh, I recreation. The British government can have the entire independent management and control of it. They don't want anything to do with it. There will be no interest charged. And by the way, if the British government would like it as well, if it will help, they will be prepared to put up money for funding hospitals, schools, the, rebuilt, the building of Crossrail immediately with 17 billion transfer by Christmas if requested, and all these other things. These things can be done if wished, but we have to have a senior member of the government has to accept the invitation to a phone call to the, to the chairman of uh, the company concerned, Foundation X, and then we can get into business. And all I'm asking is that this is too big an issue. I'm just an aging, obsessive old peer, and I'm easily dispensable, but getting to the truth is not. And we need to know what really is happening here. My lords, we must find out the truth of this situation. You can take that to the bank. <clears throat> Bullshit! Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all shits and seas. 